Yes, hi, hello, and welcome to Gooncast. I'm James, also known as Saber0307 on Twitch. And once again, I'm joined by other goons. Hi, everybody. I'm other goons. Uh, no, I'm Cat Attack, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch, uh, QA tester by day, stream part-time streamer, writer, artist by night. What's up? I am Hired Goons. Uh, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester, horror fantasy writer, and uh, occasional video editor. And surprise, fuckers, we have a fourth goon! Say yeah. hello, fourth goon! Yeah, yeah, hello, everybody. My name is Michael. Uh, I go by M. Ghoul Guts on Twitch. I'm a musician and a f fantasy horror writer, and uh, today a de facto member of the goons, the goon cast, the goon squad. Fucking Thank you, everybody, right. for having me. Yeah. So, Glad you're uh, able to join us for this one. Same. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, we are yeah. so pleased, and we have so much to talk about with you. Yeah, it's a good <sighs> one today. Yes. 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 Topic uh -huh. near and dear to my heart. The, the, the topic of, <laughs> so, so, of Fear Street, right? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Let me let me let me give <laughs> let me give the little intro here, because. <laughs> So uh, for those of you who have been listening to the pod in the past uh, past couple months that we've been doing it, uh, we we gave a lot of time to Twin Peaks, which is a series, a series very near and dear to James's heart. And uh, we did an entire episode dedicated to Erased, which the same could be said for Cat. And uh, so it was my turn to put the rest of the goons on the firing line. And I only thought it appropriate to have them sit through possibly my favorite film of all time, the masterpiece and i do not use that word lightly masterpiece of science fiction 1986 james cameron classic piranha 2 the spawning um, <laughs> I, still I mean aliens i, really I mean watched, aliens i, I really yeah. want to watch piranha 2 the spawning <laughs> My, james cameron has a great quote about that movie where he's like look it's probably the best movie you'll see about flying piranha <laughs> He's, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you set the bar so low that you can just kind of skip over it, do you really count it as an achievement? Slide <laughs> right Tell under the bar. To... Yeah, yeah, just limbo under that yeah. shit. Yeah. Tell so, that to, to Justice League. Oh, let's, oh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Mother. So, um, yeah, so I subjected the goons to a double feature of uh, the original Alien, which is, of course, a Ridley Scott classic and mm -hmm. one of the finest pieces of horror ever made. And yeah. the sequel, uh, Aliens, by James Cameron, uh, which, you know, part of part of what we're going to go into is uh, the the classic sequel debate. And we'll we'll get around to that. But um, I believe just on its own, even without the. Uh, I can't, I couldn't call it a legacy at that point, but the strong impression that Alien made on the series, um, or on the genre at large, the Aliens stands on its own as a powerhouse fucking film. Um, everything from the writing to the uh, atmosphere, the set pieces, the music, uh, everything that this thing accomplished in the late 80s is nothing short of astounding. And so I thought it would generate a little bit of a, a bit of a good discussion for uh, for this group here that tends to pride itself on having a decent taste in horror. And uh, it only seemed fitting, again, that we uh, bring in one of our resident horror masters, Ghoul Guts himself, Mike. 
So uh, just right out the gate, let's just hit uh, first impressions and maybe like a little bit of, um, you know, your your history with the Alien franchise. Yeah, sure. Well, well, if we're going into the the first film, my first impressions on, on seeing this again um, were still... I'm I'm still blow, blown away, and um, to be honest, seeing it with some people who know about film, y'all, yeah, it, it was it was an even it was an even more um, edu- educational experience. I learned a couple things that I that I never knew about um, set making that that definitely had had me looking at the the film in a new way. Um, but uh, in terms of um, my history with with the series, I saw Alien probably at nine or ten years old. Um, I, th- I thought it was amazing. I was hella scared. <laughs> and um, since then, I've I've been kind of hooked. Um, my 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 mom like bought me some of the novels, some of the SD Perry. Um, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. And, and I was reading those in like middle school. So um, this uh, this series is for sure uh, near and dear to my heart as well. And um, again, it is an honor to be a part of this convo. Thank you guys again. Um, well, S.D. Perry, the queen of novelized jank. Dude, she does it so good, though, man. Those Resident Evil novels. Oh, are you kidding oh me? Oh, my God. Her she's dad, the one who also wrote I the Resident them. Evil novels? Yeah, yeah, hold on, dude. hold on, hold on. And she killed it. Her dad, it. her dad was the one who wrote the Alien novels. Steve Perry. Oh, Steve S. Perry. S.D. Perry did okay. the Resident Evil okay. novels. Oh, family oh, legacy. Check me on that, yeah. It's the yeah. family business to you know write what? Yeah, yeah. Look, the... what, what a legacy to have. Hell yeah. It really is, though. Yeah. Fucking yeah. great. Yeah. If I can, if I can leave my progeny with that kind of, you know, masterpiece to their name, yeah, yeah. let's go. Oh, like and, uh, I, can, I can imagine they were talking about dreams and ambitions, and he's like, "No, honey, look, I know you have these big dreams of wanting to be a writer, but let me tell you where the money is, honey." <laughs> Sci-fi jank. Oh, and oh she God. killed it. And um, her, uh, the the uh, two of them uh, worked on the AVP books uh, uh, in, in joint, oh, oh, or at, at or at the very least the first of the series. And to be honest, it was amazing. And um, yeah, yeah. So my um, my history with the series does go a, a bit uh, deep, but uh, more yeah. so with these novels, though. Excellent. So um, yeah. Maybe uh, I'll have, have some lore to contribute. <laughs> James, do you uh, want to talk about your history with the franchise? Uh, I don't really know my history with the franchise, just because it kind of blurs together. Uh, my dad is Fair. a film buff. My dad is a huge fan of James Cameron and was a huge fan of mm-hmm. at least older Ridley Scott stuff. Uh, I don't know the first age, like how young I was when I saw Alien or Aliens. I know it was too young. Uh, I know my my dad was the one who clued me in on the whole special edition thing. In fact, uh, he has a laserdisc player, uh, and uh, you know he has a whole collection of laserdiscs. And there was also this uh, laserdisc rental store that was by our house. Uh, and one of the glorious things about laserdiscs uh, was there was no copy protection, so you could basically just you know uh, stick in a cassette tape and tape the laserdisc uh, because laserdiscs I think were like. 60 70 bucks to own the movie or whatever like they were super fucking expensive um 
and yeah it, it was kind of common practice so but like uh yeah no it was super 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 young i had a couple of the alien action figures that my dad or mom got me uh mm-hmm. and you know it's it's a shame that there's only two alien movies yeah, it, yeah, there really could have yeah. been so much more done with the franchise. Absolute tragedy. But it's it's so great that it ended like on that nice uh, that nice you know bow on the top note of everyone at the end of Aliens is alive and happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that we didn't mm-hmm. have um, a couple prequels that you know oh, ended yeah. on on, on blue playing mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and, oh and mystery boxes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my history with the Alien franchise is going to be a little bit different than everybody else's because I uh, did not really grow up on horror. Uh, it was sort of uh. banned in my household because um, my, uh, you know, my my parents raised me very strictly Catholic, um, and neither of them were huge movie buffs or, you know, did, just didn't like horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, my fascination with uh, horror movies in general, and you know the alien franchise in particular kind of happened in, in college. Once I got, you know, a little bit away from, uh, the, y- you know, like the, the childhood rebellion of, I'm going to be a Catholic maniac. And yeah, I'm engaged to a Catholic girl. Trust me. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, you know, the, the rebellion starts early, but the actual freedom to do anything about it doesn't start till much later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I watched, I just binged nothing but horror in college and, yeah, Alien just absolutely still sticks out as just one of the like all-time greatest horror movies of all time for me. Just like everything. I mean, and and rewatching it always it's like it doesn't it doesn't lose anything on rewatch. It doesn't lose, you know, like like just the the script is so masterfully written. Um there's there's so much like in the details of like you know the miniatures and you know all the uh, like practical effects that just like oh it's it's you know i I was so glad when when lee suggested we watch these two movies because you know i'm just i'm i'm like i just love this movie uh, even on rewatches um and then aliens actually i don't think i've ever seen the director's cut so my experience yeah, with aliens that was, blew me away. Yeah, my experience with aliens was only the theatrical version, um, which I kind of like passed off a little bit. Uh, and the director's cut is brilliant. <laughs> so I was, um, you know, I like boo on me for not finding it earlier, but I was extremely grateful to have been introduced to it essentially now by you. <laughs> um. And, and yeah, then since then I've just been, uh, you know, since I'm from a parallel universe, I've just been more and more angry with the, uh, you know, my universe has like 18 alien sequels. So, oh, and they're progressively great. worse. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sorry you live there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah. You, get, you get sweet Michael Fassbender blowing himself. <laughs> oh my god man yeah, yeah someday someday aliens colonial marine will come out and it'll be as good as we all hope it is yeah someday oh. someday, mm-hmm. It'd be someday. Cool, sure. we don't yeah. we don't have to live in the universe of the um the uh the hybrid alien with the penis and vagina on its stomach oh my god when you guys show, showed me that <laughs> oh dude so french <laughs> so yeah that's it's so french it's even what the director said when he had it cut. 
This is way too French. He cut the penis? Yeah, they digitally removed the penis. Okay. I just want to make sure I heard you that's, right. Yeah, that's a real sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a real sentence that pertains to the Alien franchise. Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, that's, that's what you got to do sometimes. You got to digitally remove dicks. It happens. It's a crazy world, this film thing. Uh, let's see. I... My my timeline, I think, started when I was around five or six because uh, my dad exposed me to fictional violence at a really young age. I was I was good enough to beat Doom 2 when I was four. Shit. Um, and like, I remember being excited when Alien Resurrection came out in theaters when I was seven. Whoa. So, whoa. <laughs> Which, which he it. took me to see. I saw Alien Resurrection in theaters at seven, um, wow. which turned me into the well-adjusted human being I am today. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, um, so, I can sympathize with that. My dad took me to see Escape from L.A. in theaters five times when I was like nine. <laughs> Fuck yeah, there you go. It was a piece of shit. Right but, there. You know. It was a piece of shit you saw five times. I mean, I, I had to see Be Cool with John Travolta twice in theaters and... Uh, <laughs> Oh, let me tell you. But um, yeah, so I, I, I was binging those really early. And uh, these days I call Aliens my screenplay movie because like gun to my head, if I had to sit down and try to write out every line of dialogue chronologically in the film, I could probably do 90 percent of it. Um, because I literally watched it every day when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, as far as the special edition thing, that's it just made me think of a really funny story because my dad, um, my dad had me grow up on the theatrical cut. So when I found the director's cut later and found all that cool extra footage that we'll talk about, I mean, obviously, like, in my opinion, the best scene of the movie getting cut is a huge omission um, that. Once I got him to rewatch the special edition, it blew his mind because uh my dad had a little bit of a, a substance issue growing up, and uh, he was convinced, because he only saw it once while extremely high, that he thought he hallucinated the entire machine gun sequence with the turrets. Mm-hmm. He thought it was just some deranged fever dream oh, and just chalked God. it up to, wow, what if that actually happened? And then I showed it to him, and he had a little bit of a, <laughs> a, a come-to-Jesus moment. But um, yeah, so I go way back with the franchise and it it's yeah. just one of those things that only gets better. You know, it's not one of those movies that you, you know, you hold near and dear to your childhood and then you try to watch it again later in life and go, oh, you know, what did I see in that when I was younger? You know, it's like, oh, wasn't Code Lyoko a great series? And then you go back Whoa. and try to watch it and you're like, Jesus. Oh, it was it was really cool when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went back to feudal Japan. I'm sure that movie holds up. Oh, dude, I love that movie. So did I. I loved the shit out of it when I was a kid, but it's like, no. I, try, yeah. I, I tried watching it yeah. and I turned it off after 10 minutes like, I'm going to leave these memories behind. Yeah. Good move. Yeah. So, Aliens, Aliens kind of stands in this in this holy trinity of sequels, um, at least as a general consensus. Aliens, Terminator Judgment Day and The Godfather Part Two are kind of regarded as the three sequels that pound for pound could be better than the original. Um, and 
with Alien, I think it's very interesting because the original and Aliens are two completely separate dynamics. Mm-hmm. One is a horror film yep. that sequel is science fiction action. Yep. Um, while, you know, still heavily steeped in, in dark horror elements. Yes. Um, which you can't look past with the nature of the creature itself being, I mean, it's essentially a sexual creature, which mm-hmm. is a whole different rabbit hole that we'll go down when we yeah. when we start talking about Mr. Giger. Yeah, um, I can't really talk about the series without going there without going into the ickies yeah 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 um yeah but extremely powerful movie right out the gate like what i want what i want to talk about first is just just listen to these names sigourney weaver michael bean paul reiser lance henriksen bill paxton and james cameron at the helm for a science fiction movie i mean like the late 80s was when it was starting to hit its stride that's when a lot of people were taking chances and really wanting to push science fiction with the new uh, new technological developments that have been made, especially with like the the abilities of good miniature work around that time, which Cameron utilized to its fullest effect. What a powerhouse fucking cast, and one that the Academy recognized with seven Academy Award nominations, including Best Actress for Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, like when was the last time this fucking happened? Not often, because the Academy kind of hates science fiction and they kind of hate horror. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, they definitely it, hate horror. Yeah, science fiction I think has uh, a bit more place in prestigious accolades like the Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Cloud yeah, Atlas. Or, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, horrors. Uh, horror is going to have to do a lot of special things to get there. I think yeah. maybe Get Out was probably the closest we've come. Agreed. Oh yeah, yeah. Get Out did get um, Yeah. Yeah, Get Out got a Best Picture nod, didn't it? I. I think so. Or it, it got something, something very, uh, very prestigious and, and well-earned in my sure. opinion. I mean, um, we should have had, we should have had a best picture victory with cabin in the woods, but that's just me. Oof. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, there's a, there's a lot of quality horror. It's just, it's not, um, it's not what the awards are looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the, what what I want to what I want to open the floor up on is just the the cast dynamic. The first half of this action movie has no action. Mm-hmm. The first battle sequence is like an hour and twenty minutes into the film, and the entire ride there is to me the best part of the movie. Like oh, the fight crazy. sequences are great, but Jesus, that first half of the movie where it's just getting to know the crew getting to know Ripley and what she's been through since the mm-hmm. first movie. Um, the the dynamic of the Marines. It's mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's fantastic writing, but a real sense of camaraderie and brotherhood that that comes through through the screen. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think uh, for me, one of the most fascinating parts is kind of, um, you know, I mean, uh, like you said, uh, Alien and Aliens um, kind of, you know, like work neck and neck in terms of quality uh, to the point where I almost don't even think it's a comparison because they're so vastly different. Um, and I think one of those things is the cast dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. The original um, the original screenplay for Alien often gets like touted online as, oh, they, you know, they wrote the script with no genders or anything in mind for the characters. They were mm-hmm. just last names. And then they cast, you know, just based on 
whoever was perfect for the role kind of thing. Um, which is something that's really cool. And I think, you know, would be interesting for more movies to do. And the, you know, alien, therefore the cast dynamic is much more of a coworkers in space kind of vibe, I Mm. think is how I put it when we were watching. Yeah. Uh, They're just a bunch of space truckers. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're there to do their jobs and they're like, you know, all of the dialogue is they're talking business. You know, there's, there's no, like unneeded sexual tension or, you know, the stuff that a lot of like movies in the seventies and eighties would just shoehorn in because the lead is female or, you know, whatever. The only thing Um, they have a hard on for is the bonus situation. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about the bonus situation? (laughs) Yeah. Can we address the bonus situation? Uh, But, but then by contrast, you know, like uh, I, I also feel like not every movie um, would benefit from that kind of script treatment, right? Like, because there are some uh, uh, some stories that need to be told from certain lenses where you can't just strip out all parts of a character's identity. You know, certainly a character-driven piece would not function in a, in a like, vacuum, last names only type of environment. It works flawlessly in Aliens, and it's an absolutely brilliant, or Alien, rather, and it's an absolutely yeah. brilliant script. But in Aliens, you know, all of these characters are are very well defined. Like they are, they are very much, uh, you know, not just truckers in space. Each of the Marines has unique personalities and you get to know them and like appreciate them for who they are. Like, you know, assholes or whatever they might be. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's, it's very funny to see that those two very different approaches resulting in uh, movies that still work amazingly well within this sh- their, their their own shared universe right yeah. because aliens does not feel like it's a completely different world from alien it feels like different groups different dynamics definitely definitely yeah um yeah. but but it doesn't feel like such a huge departure even though it you know on paper it is yeah, <laughs> you're going from strictly space horror to you know what lee said the space sci-fi action with elements of horror it's it's, um, it's this natural extension of of the universe and, and world building that feels mm-hmm. like i said natural despite the fact that it's made years later by a, a different writer different director mm-hmm. and and different team fundamentally mm-hmm. and it just works so fucking well as a companion piece from the first film yeah and and i think i mean i don't I, like I, lee letting you uh guide the discussion um, but I, like, you know, when we were watching it, we had talked about, you know, that sort of means of expanding the universe and how aliens does it really well. And the, yeah. you know, the most re- recent prequels, uh, falter a lot in that regard. Um, I don't know if you were going to talk about that later. Uh, what prequels? But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we, we, we can, if we're on topic with something, we can just dive right into it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so. One of the um, one of the biggest things too for me uh, was that this this felt like a very very natural expansion of um, of the universe. You know, mm-hmm. we get we get hints throughout throughout dialogue of like what you know like 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 what the universe is all about. You know, I think you guys had brought up the um, that they they just casually name drop like an alien race that they're yeah. like having yeah, sex with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, oh yeah. So, you know, you, 
just from a throw like throwaway lines of dialogue you don't need somebody to like explain like oh we're part of this galactic federation and there are 46 known sentient species blah 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 you know you don't need to explain that bullshit uh just a throwaway line of dialogue says like oh yeah they are a spacefaring race that's found other spacefaring races and even intermingled with them (laughs) yeah um you know whereas uh the, the prequels, I feel like, really, like, falter in that regard because they they try to expand the universe um, and and they almost go too big too fast. You know what I mean? Like, they, they tried to expand it in more of a, like, like, less of a, these are different people in the alien universe and more like, yeah, it's the same. It's another crew of, like, scientists and Marines and, you know, whatever. Uh, going out to an alien planet, but there's going to be a whole lot more philosophical bullshit. And you're just like, but that's not, that's not what makes an expanded universe interesting. I think you're completely right there. And yeah, like there is something to be said about the way these first two films give you a, just a silhouette of like lore, like, and aliens Definitely. I just really, really appreciate the way that Aliens um, gives you gives you enough um, imagination lubricant or whatever to like really, really think about how deep this like story could uh, could go. And um, in my uh, opinion I, I feel like the biggest the biggest um the biggest drop of like of world of like world building is is the is the uh, queen like knowing uh, yes. that there's a knowing that there's a source agreed. of this whole yeah like like seeing where those eggs from the first film came from makes you then imagine what the space jockeys were doing in their their ship like did they like carry queens around or something like uh, it's it, it, it's it's just a very a very um a very deep uh uh f- foundation of lore that like was achieved very light-handedly very mm-hmm. subtly mm-hmm. and and that's just brilliant to me man but yes. didn't you want film after film like with deep religious overtones saturating uh, everything well, that's, that's, i definitely that's, didn't need that no that's, yeah no. that's also what i wanted to mention too because like you know aliens does so much to expand the world and like mm-hmm. prometheus and alien covenant try to expand but si- like similar to like what i was mentioning about um resident evil village with the whole ola shoehorn in a a, a, yeah. a fucking explanation oh. for the umbrella logo like yes. the the explanation that they were going for with Covenant about how the aliens came to be just mm-hmm. makes the world so much smaller. Thank yeah. you. I was yeah. I was just about to to diverge to that because yeah, they're they're trying to with their very lofty goals of like explaining how the engineers are connected even to humanity. Where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, they like you know the very beginning of of Prometheus, right? Is the the engineer drinking the black goo and dissolving on Earth yeah. and creating all life Honestly, on Earth? Human, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like you know one throwaway line about fucking aliens in in Aliens uh, did did so much more to actually expand oh, the universe into 
an interesting place with a lot of extra questions and a, a, like a huge space for different types of characters and stories to take place. Yeah. Whereas like all of Prometheus just worked to shut that down of like, yep, everything is interconnected mm-hmm. because we can't possibly have anything not be related to one another because heaven forbid we don't have a Skywalker in this story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's it's we don't need uh, an explanation for why there were hundreds of eggs on an engineer ship. Like no. the, the the question of how did they get there is far more interesting than any answer exactly. that could be provided. And yeah. and even if you wanted to provide an answer, you don't just you don't provide a straight up answer. You provide more questions. That's how you keep the universe getting bigger, right? Like, like yeah, sure, you can maybe trace it back to this planet, but maybe now this planet is occupied by another species or something like that. Or yeah. you find, you know, some other, like, Wayland yutani uh, mining company or mining out- outposts there or something like that. I don't know. There's, you know, there's more things that you can do there than just, like, hey, yeah, the engineers... When they get attacked by squid monsters, they birth proto aliens that then have to. Oh, it's just like Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> like we we uh, yeah, and just and also just it loses that mystique of oh, it, it's just tied right back into humans. Where in Alien, this thing is alien, and that's what makes it interesting. You don't know where it came from or why it's there or you know what it wants. It's just. A horrifying sex monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, and, and also, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I, I was just going to say, and it's also a refreshing touch to have this be a, a situation where, by establishing the Arcturians, the colonial marines kind of know what they're getting into. Not exactly <laughs> because they've never dealt with the xenomorphs before. Yeah. Um, but they are. They're trained for this kind of thing, not just for human on human warfare. They're they've dealt with shit. They refer to their missions as bug hunts, mm-hmm. like which is a very Starship Troopers reference, <laughs> um, which actually for the cast was mandatory reading. Every cast member of the Marines had to read Starship oh, Troopers. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And it's like, you know, oh, you know, are these are are this ragtag group of soldiers going to get into some business with a, an alien race that they don't know how to handle? Not really. Like they're out yeah. there fucking aliens <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're just tasting a new flavor of what's out there in space. Doesn't and we matter don't when it's Arcturian, this... baby. Yeah, it doesn't matter when it's Arcturian, baby. We and... don't need this this Jesus allegory of oh, like God. some dude melting into black shit and, and making humans somehow the the root of all this it yeah no that's it's so it's so weak and and to add to that too um the fact that we establish the marines and aliens as having you know experience in you know interstellar intergalactic uh you know relations slash warfare mm-hmm. um also means that the plot of aliens is not an idiot plot yeah you know absolutely Unlike Covenant. they're in over their head they, they, they think they think they know what they're doing because they've been on bug hunts before whatever this is just another mission but it's not whereas you know god you know just to bring it back to prometheus and covenant is they're predicated entirely on the characters behaving in ways that are way too stupid for who those characters are supposed to be yeah like yeah, sticking your face in a 
freaking open alien egg when a creepy robot tells oh you to. God. Or yeah. or taking your helmet off because your machine says the air is clear, even though you've <laughs> only been on the planet for like an hour. Yeah, Max. And you don't know what is on here. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's the beauty of the first fight sequence, because they spend all this time establishing that the Marines are not just badasses, but they they know what they're doing. They're prepared, and yeah. They wind up facing an opponent that just starts to take away all of their advantages. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, OK, we, it's... we have this high end technology. Oh, but you can't use your weapons because uh, you're going to rupture a cooling system and the mm-hmm. aliens have acid blood. OK, <laughs> well, what about their natural camouflage? We have infrared. Oh, well, their their body temperature doesn't read on infrared. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like all these advantages they had are just getting ticked off the list, but not because of their own stupidity. Yeah, yeah. because they were just outclassed. It's 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 that. And and just the the inexperience of Gorman, you know, like and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't classify Gorman as an idiot. Plot. He's just in way over his head and trying to do shit by the book and and technical problems are getting in the way like and he's like Mm -hmm. when he's trying to tell them hey you know like i want you guys to get out of there there's the radio static and shit like that like Mm -hmm. the worst thing he did i mean besides being you know fucking dumbass foreman is just like not tell them immediately all right you know what guys fuck the mission let's regroup and rethink when when they realize that the coolant tanks are down there but like Mm -hmm. that's not strictly an idiot plot i'd say i'm like no oh hey here's this thing that looks clearly like a fucking snake. I'm yeah. gonna stick my face next to it. Yeah. And and besides that, like one character doing something dumb or not optimal does not make an idiot plot. It's it's when that character does something like that to with absolutely no motivation behind it. You know, Ooh. like you can you know the motivation behind you know, what, what happens in aliens, right? Like he's trying to prove himself, right? Like he's, he's got something to prove. Like he's a brand new commander or whatever. Um, yeah, it's his second combat drop. Yeah, exactly. So it, it makes sense that he would not just want to turn tail. Like the second things start getting hard because, you know, that would make him look weak and foolish and what have you. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, you know, when there's when there's sort of no excuse for the characters to to go back into the haunted ass house where two of their friends died, then it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is just people are just being stupid just because you didn't know how to pro like you the writer didn't know how to properly motivate your characters into doing what you wanted your plot to do. Mm-hmm. But aliens is so well structured because I mean I mean you know it's Cameron's a great writer like he knows what he's doing. Um, and he knows how to motivate characters and, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> No, it's getting, getting a little off topic, but just, no, no. just that, yeah, it a hundred percent, it just goes down to, is this something that reasonably the character would do, even if it's not, uh, you know, the most optimal thing in that given situation, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be some suspension of disbelief of, you know, if if they just rock it right off of the uh, the infested planet and nuke it from orbit, that there's not really a movie. Um, you know, there there could be, but like right. not to the level of what Aliens is. So yeah. I am I am usually okay with one or two characters making stupid decisions yeah. as long as one it fits their character 
And two, uh, you know, it services the plot in a way that I can reasonably suspend my disbelief and say, well, that character did something stupid that I don't agree with personally, or I wouldn't have done in that situation. But I understand their motives, or at least I see what the writer was going for. Not, not to mention Gorman also gets a fucking redemption arc. Like when he comes to you from his coma, first thing he does mm. is fucking apologize. Like, yo, I, I was, I was out of line. I was in over my head. I fucked up. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. that is the other thing is when when your characters do something stupid or selfish, uh, you know, as a way to get your plot moving forward, make sure you call out the characters that do that. From your other characters. Yeah, 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 at the very least, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of stories try to just, like, hand wave that away and just get away with it. Just say, like, oh, yeah, this character did a stupid thing, but, like, don't worry about it. Um, Daenerys Daenerys forgot about the Iron Flame. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like, no, we, you know, you can't, you can't say she's a brilliant, uh, you know, war chief if she's going to do something stupid like that. Like, you have to actually give us a reason to not laugh out loud at that scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so, one, one thing I'll, one thing I'll harp on just so we can kind of move past that, uh, that phase of it, but mm-hmm. sort of loosely related talking about just like the, the powerful bond between all of the, all of the Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I had thought I heard this a couple of years ago and I never looked into it further, but in preparation for the podcast, I did a little more research and, um, super cool behind the scenes thing Cameron had all of the Marines uh, basically spend all of their time training together as a unit yep. they were they were put through um, they were put through Marine training but kept in their own little isolated squad separate from Sigourney Weaver Paul Riser and uh, I can't remember uh, Gorman's actor at the uh, well, William William Hope yeah, I think um, so. Mm-hmm. so they had not only that bond of soldiers together, but the mm-hmm. separation from the higher ups who were in their uh, ATV. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. Super strong move. Um, and the casting mm-hmm. of Al Matthews as uh, as Sergeant Apone, he's an actual Marine uh, who served uh, served in combat for a number of years. He has two Purple Hearts. And they said that once they got uh, once they got Al onto uh, onto the set, they gave him a little bit of room to like crack down on the rest of the crew and be like, if you see them doing things that aren't the core's standard, go ahead and get down on them. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so he would watch the crew for like trigger discipline and shit like that. So there's like an interview of Al, like just, you know, that shit's not going to fly in my core. That is so cool. And it makes complete sense, like, seeing it on screen, like, how how much they all gel, you know? Exactly. The little little relationships like Vasquez and Drake, like, obviously having something going on between (laughs) them, but they never really tell you straight up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. The only, the one exception to that is is just Michael Bean, and that's only because he was, like, a last-minute replacement for, um... Right. What, what, god damn it, Dexter's dad, I can't remember his name now. Raiden. Oh, Raiden. no way! Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Michael Bean's character was played. Was was wait, 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 wait. Raiden as from, in from Annihilation. From yeah. Annihilation. Oh, I was like, I was like James Remar. Yeah. James Remar. <laughs> James Remar. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, there's, not good Raiden. There's a couple. <laughs> there's still a couple scenes in Aliens of like a behind the shot of of Hicks or whatever. 
where it is James Remar. But Whoa. just something, oh. I, I, I don't know why, but I guess Cameron wasn't liking how James Remar, what, like, like he, he wasn't digging the performance or something like that. So basically he fired James Remar and called up Michael Bean and, and got Michael Bean, Bean in at the last minute. I believe I have heard that uh, James Cameron can be kind of difficult to work with. Oh, he was he was oh, yeah. hated on the set of Aliens. Yeah, yeah. In this movie oh. in particular, the yeah. Marines couldn't stand working with him. Um, yeah. Interesting. The British they, film they had crew, a lot crew of also too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the major British film crew. They, they were like, they, how yeah, dare they, this guy come in and fucking replace Ridley Scott? <laughs> yeah, they yeah they were upset because Wait, they felt was... Cameron was too young. Cameron was only thirty at the time, I think. Oh wow! And also, Cameron was, tried to was smooth Ridley Scott up. supposed to direct Aliens? No, no. Okay. Um, he was onto another project. Um, yeah. And Cameron tried to smooth stuff over. He had he had, he invited the cast and crew to come to a viewing in a theater of uh, Terminator to just be like, you know, here's you know here's what I can do, like let me show you what I'm, you know, what my vision is. Um, and they absolutely hated a lot of his choices, especially about like how to light scenes. Mm. Um, like he had the idea of when they're going through the hive for the first big action sequence of, I want the, I want the hive to be super dark and just illuminated by the shoulder lamps of the Marines to make you feel isolated. And the British film crew's like, that's fucking dumb. We spent all this time and money building these sets. We want to light them properly. And Cameron's no. like, you guys are not getting it. Yeah, yeah. And they finally did wind up doing it Cameron's way with just the shoulder lamps and the fire from the flamethrower. And it looks fucking astounding. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. 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 Like, uh, I, I, I remember... It's, I feel like that's a little short-sighted, too, because film sets from the 80s you know, don't necessarily age the best. No. Yeah. So sometimes the the best looking shots are the ones where, you know, you use the most creative lighting to kind of get around the fact that like, this doesn't really look real, but mm. like, Hey, you know what, when it's just shoulder lamps and flamethrowers, it looks fucking great. Like if I, if I remember correctly too, even um, James Horner, the composer did not get mm. along with Cameron and like the two mm -hmm. were, I guess, at each other's throats. Oh, wow. And Horner fully anticipated to never get asked to work with Cameron again, which was why he was really surprised when, like, ten some odd years later, Cameron hit him up and was like, hey, do you want to help uh, score Titanic? <laughs> nice. Well, like, see, that's... I I find that kind of admirable, actually. Like, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't necessarily know... Um, and I don't want to speculate or like, yeah. uh, you know, cast any uh, unfair aspersions on on Cameron because, you know, this is just this is like rumors we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Don't know and if he's an asshole or not. Rumors um, and, and like just third party yeah. testimony and, and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, but I think it does speak something to just his, you know, artistic sensibilities that mm -hmm. he's willing to kind of, you know, work with somebody that he deems like a really talent, like a, a, a true talent, even if they clash on things, you yeah. know, it, it's very easy, especially I think when you get to Cameron's level where you are a household name and can write your own fucking checks to just be like, I'm only going to work with yes men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But instead to go after like, Hey, this guy did amazing work for me on previous movies. Yeah. We fought, but he's really, really good. 
Yeah. So I'm going to keep, I want to keep working with him. Right. Like, yeah, I Cause it's, it's, and it's also easy yeah. to hire your friends, right? Like, yeah. Like sure. I, I like this guy. I want to keep working with him. It, it, Cameron just strikes me as one of those filmmakers who knows what he wants and is not willing to compromise. But he <laughs> has a that. reputation as being someone to fight with. Like, mm. you could say David Lynch is that same type of person who's like, I have a vision and we're going to fucking do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Lynch also has that reputation of who's going to say anything to David Lynch? <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. he's a psycho person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or, you know, like with the, uh, like, a. Uh, uh, a reference that I've made before on this podcast is like with the Star Wars prequels where, yeah. you know, it's like none of the original uh, crew who made the original trilogy of Star Wars was there to kind of like either back up or oppose Lucas's ideas. So it was just all unfiltered George Lucas. Um, and it, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not disparaging the guy because I think he does have good ideas. It's just, he needs other quality people at his level to say no george we're not doing the gungan (laughs) there's there's this great quote i remember um from comedian patrice o'neill where he's talking about i think he was initially making fun of seth mcfarlane for um seth constantly trying to say that he's like like he's a bigger personality than family guy and patrice is like shut the fuck up people like you because of the cartoon just be quiet (laughs) Um, And he was telling a story about Hanna-Barbera, the duo back in the day who did a lot of classic cartoons. Yep. And I guess at one point, Hanna had tried to do the same thing and say, like, I'm bigger than Yogi Bear. And Barbera was there to slap the shit out of him and say, no, you're not. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. 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 There is a risk. Yeah. He's a funnier character than we've ever tried. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) But yeah, with that much like creative power, you know, it's definitely a, a good move to put the right people beside you. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you, one man's not an island, you know. For well, sure. You, you, you got to yeah. build your, you know, you build your crew of people that you'd like to keep around you. Like director-composer mm-hmm. combinations are a huge one. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not to not to double dip too much on Lynch because we just did like fucking six hours of talking about <laughs> him. So yeah. his, his consistent working relationship with like Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Um, you Kyle know, you yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, you you mm-hmm. build your stable of people that you know and trust. Sure. Um, and that's perfectly reasonable. But yeah, yeah I, but I, you I, don't just constantly you know you don't do the Kennedy thing and like build Camelot. You don't. Yes. You don't just stock the house with all your own dudes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, like Martin uh-huh. Scorsese is another good example of like he he sticks with his one editor, Thelma Thelma Shoemaker, um, mm-hmm. and you know he'll 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 work with some other people you know frequently like you know De Niro or DiCaprio or whatever. But for Actually, the most part, yeah. like he he cycles people out and like it's just like a couple mm-hmm. people who he's like really trustworthy with. And not to get like too much off mm-hmm. topic too, but like. Uh, I remember there was some quote uh, where somebody asked Thelma Shoemaker, you know, how could you edit such violent movies? And she just responds with, they're not violent until I edit them together. <laughs> that's Amen oh, that's, to that. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's flex. Good. <laughs> For real. I, I, am the, I am the architect of violence. <laughs> God bless her. But yeah, Damn. it's... Just you, great. You have your 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 the people you like to work with, but like you don't want them to necessarily be like constant yes men or or whatever, like you yes. said, because yeah. otherwise you'll like, like you said the the uh 
the the prequel trilogy where it's it's just uh this nobody's there to tell you if it's a bad idea or not yeah yeah which i mean and i yeah i wasn't obviously not involved in the the making of that so i can't i can't rightly say whether you know there weren't people who tried to say things and just were turned away or or not but it definitely seems like from you know like behind the scenes type things behind the scenes type footage uh seems like it was kind of an environment of yeah we're doing what what george wants kind of thing like this is his his uh yeah his ship to steer so it's it's kind of almost i i imagine the position that ridley is in now where he's such a powerhouse where he's able to go like yeah you know i'm we're gonna have uh this guy get face first next to a snake and nobody's there to tell him hey ridley please you don't think that's a little weird yeah like <laughs> yeah there, there, there is a uh, question that I would like to posit to, to, to you guys as, uh, yeah, um, so both of these films, like, they, they each have some incredibly, like, tight-knit uh, cast and, and characters, you know, and I do personally believe that uh, each movie wouldn't have been as good without that but like let's say like what what we we learned about the first film is uh, as like the uh, script was like the uh, script was draft drafted without any genders you know and mm-hmm. and in the uh, second film um, this like cast of this like cast of uh, soldiers were uh, were like meant to spend a lot of time together before the filming even began like what do you think these two movies would have been like without that that like tightly knit character like web you know Probably i would say just watch alien covenant yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you get yeah yeah, yeah totally. it's yeah. it's totally. i i think you would still have i think the horror would probably still be effective with shitty characters mm. if that yeah. makes sense not as effective but i i do think that alien certainly um is scary with or without like knowing like i think particularly the practical effects alien and how it was filmed in like you know yeah. take for example the scene in prometheus the shower scene yeah with those two yeah. characters you don't give a fuck or wait was that prometheus or no, covenant that was covenant that was, okay yeah. in covenant the shower scene where mm-hmm. those two characters you don't give a fuck about are yeah. screwing in the shower it's literally a slasher movie scene with the totally. alien god yeah. i hated that scene yeah where it just it doesn't it falls completely flat yeah, yeah. i feel like you'll probably get a little bit of that but i think there would still be elements of you know, right, right. definitely seeing a guy, get, you know, an alien burst out of a guy's chest at dinner, I think would still be impactful yeah, like, even if you didn't like yeah. the characters. Or I see, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've told you guys this story before, but like one of my favorite experiences with aliens is showing somebody that movie who's never seen it before. It's 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 on my list of movies that i like to watch with people who haven't seen and i spend most of the time watching them and seeing their reactions like Mm -hmm. another good example is is the thing but um yeah that's me with tombstone like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite 
viewings of Aliens was when I showed my buddy AJ the movie because he had somehow gone his 20 plus years never seeing the movie despite being into horror and, and all that crazy shit. And just seeing how pumped up and excited he was at the Colonial Marines and how likable the Colonial Marines were. Yeah, oh only for that to immediately be deflated the second shit hit the fan and seeing all yeah. these fucking badass characters that you'd grown to like over the last 20 30 minutes or so just get wiped out like yeah. that is i think part of the brilliance of of aliens and, and also alien is these characters are genuinely likable and they're not stupid and you you don't really like i mean sure we're, we're you watch a horror movie to see people get got in creative and interesting ways absolutely sure. but like when it when when a horror movie is super effective I, I i think it's when you don't want to see that happen to characters Agreed. You know? like, yeah. yeah it's it's like i i love bill paxton's character in in aliens and him going out is it's it's heartbreaking or vasquez you know like vasquez like i grew to like gorman too and just the two of them self-sacrificing themselves so they don't get torn apart yeah. and so they can blow up the horde and and protect uh hicks ripley and newt and shit like that you know it 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 rips your soul out and and it makes it much more effective i think yeah and especially that first sequence when when the marines start dropping it's like you can tell by that point that there's a couple of people in there who you know are a little expendable like where's basky and crow you're like all right you two are you two are dead <laughs> but then to immediately take out uh dietrich their medic so boom you don't have a medical uh, specialist anymore yeah. uh mm -hmm. take out frost frost is the guy with the ammo but at the same time, he was Hicks's best friend. So now you've got something personal for Hicks. Uh, take out a pwn. They don't have a leader anymore. And then take out Drake. You've just pushed Vasquez's psycho button. Yeah. Like, you could not have arranged, like, a more fucked up group of people to take out in that first sequence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it makes it that much more effective. Or, like, in Alien, you know, with, with uh, I, I can't remember the the fucking captain's name, you know, him in the vents. I, I like him. He's a bit of a dick, but he Scarlet's character is Dallas. There we go. He's mm. he's a solid enough character. And fucking Parker and Brett, you know, they're they're dynamic, especially, you know, constant bickering about the whole bonus situation stuff. And then mm -hmm. Brett getting got while trying to get the cat. And then mm -hmm. Parker trying to save um Veronica Cartwright's character, uh, uh Lambert. Lambert. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it just hits you that much harder when it's a likable character mm -hmm. getting got. And like, mm -hmm. un unlike as as you said with Covenant, where it's like those two people fucking in the shower. It's like these are no, no one these cared. no one cares because they they weren't built up, they weren't likable, they weren't interesting. Yeah. It's just yeah. body count. Like yeah, sure, I I, I I like Danny McBride's character, but I think most of that but is because it's Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like asking. that's that's more just pure casting than anything else yeah. nothing in the script made him any more likable than anyone else i, I, I think... don't need to nobody's fucking in my alien movie i'll take fassbender blowing fassbender but that's my <laughs> limit yeah I, I think i think the only uh the only Fast character better, on better action only <laughs> I, I think the only character who i liked who i was less familiar with as as an actor 
in both of those movies is uh Numi Reprace with Shaw because I think she delivered a mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. fucking good yeah. good She good did. Performance. She did. Absolutely. I, yeah, honestly, if you took Shaw and wrote a better movie around her, I do actually enjoy the concept of, you know, as yes. I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm a Catholic schoolgirl at heart and uh, <laughs> I like the concept of somebody having a crisis of faith and going out to try to find yeah, her same, maker. Same. That yeah. is a pretty cool concept. The fact that the entire movie was structured on that. And then she gets murked off bad. camera. Yeah. yeah. Murked off camera in between. Yes. Yeah. Sucks. Yes. Well, yes. Answer, oh, terrible. To answer Mikey's original question actually also leads into my next major point. Awesome. Um, aliens, I don't think you can have work as effectively without uh assigning certain genders to the characters because mm-hmm. we we since the first movie has been finished now um we've we've established that um Ripley is a woman and that so much of her tragedy in this series now is is as a mother mm-hmm. um which is what really drives her relationship with Newt which is the power dynamic of the movie is Ripley and Newt's relationship yeah. as as a pseudo mother and daughter. But now which, you, uh, need to, you need to have certain um certain gender roles in place. Having Hicks be male is starting to give like that, you know, that little bit of like, you know, Ripley's starting to move on emotionally. Um, you know, she's getting a soft spot for Hicks. Bishop, I feel like, has to be a male character as a callback to to Ash. Um, Ash is Ash's attack on Ripley in the first film is meant to mimic a sexual assault. He roll he rolls up a magazine and shoves it down her throat while looking at a crew member's pornography, and it's meant to be this horrible, uh, this horrible rape like experience as also a callback to the aliens themselves being bodily invaders. They're 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 in their own way violators and rapists and bishop has to be a male to fulfill that role so that ripley can can have that emotional like uh, ptsd response i guess um so aliens you have to fill certain gender roles like that um but where this leads is right back to ripley and newt's relationship and the theme of the movie to me, which is mother versus mother. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Ripley so versus good. the queen. Oh mother versus why, mother. So good. Which is why it shocked me so much when you guys were saying that that scene that explicitly establishes Ripley as a mother yep. and her loss as a mother was not in the theatrical cut mm. of the movie. Yeah, that's that's why a Blows. lot of people think that I'm Alien going. Isolation is doing an ass pull with with Ripley's daughter, well, and it's like so. Here, here's the thing. I just thought I missed something, like you know, because I have I have always heard like, oh yeah, she like I heard the backstory of it. I was like, yeah, she has a daughter, and yeah. I thought it was maybe something that was established like off canon or in novelizations or mm-hmm. in some movie I hadn't watched because I've never seen uh, Alien Three or a couple of the other ones. I've so, seen like all the like AVP and stuff, but I I just I assumed it was something that was established later, and I missed it. Um, but yeah, hearing that and then seeing this movie again with that scene in context, it's like, why would you ever cut that? <laughs> it's That's... it's the scene for the viewers out there. It was the scene I was referring to earlier, which is the best in the film to me. 
Mm. Ripley has just, you know, she's just finished like getting her her medical evaluations after her long hypersleep. She sits down for a, a chat with douchebag Corpo Burke and says that she's been asleep for 57 years and that her daughter died of cancer at age 68. Yeah. And you just sl- you slept through your daughter's entire life. And the last thing you told her was, I'll be home for your 11th birthday. Oof. <sighs> Jesus yeah. Christ. It's, it's a powerful yeah. scene. The, but yeah. you know what? It's not helping the pacing. And we gotta <laughs> we gotta shave a couple <laughs> minutes off. Well, like like I like I was mentioning during the screening too, from from what I'd read, when Sigourney Weaver found out that that scene was getting cut, she threatened to not do any promotion for the movie unless they gave Cameron a director's cut that restored that scene. Oh, because she was God. like no, this what is like gangster. the wow. fucking heart of the goddamn movie. It's like mm-hmm. one of the best scenes in the movie. It's vital to the narrative. Mm-hmm. Put it the fuck back in. Yeah, and I think um, to to call back to previously talking about, uh, you know, the infamous that original Aliens was written, uh, going back to the first movie and, you know, the, the infamous fact we brought up already that it was written without genders. Aliens really does not function that way and cannot be written without, you know, very specific, these are these characters for these yes. reasons, which Lee expertly just outlined. Um, and yeah, I think that just, that just highlights that like, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's essentially like these two very, very different ways of approaching a screenplay like mm-hmm. that. Um, where, you know, you can, you can write a, a decent horror movie, uh, you know, without like stripping characters of certain basic, um, sort of signifiers, the details, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you can really, really lean into them by making, you know, motherhood, one of the primary functions of, of your protagonist, essentially. Um, and really making that a huge part of the theme of your movie. And that's a thing that, you know, it could not be done with a male character or definitely. I mean, definitely. It, it could be, but you know, <laughs> and again, it's something done with tact and nuance as well. Mm-hmm. You have the yeah. scene at the beginning where she hears yes. that her daughter is dead. She mm-hmm. breaks down into tears, sobbing. Mm-hmm. And then it isn't referenced again in the rest of the film. Yeah. Because I, it doesn't need to yeah. reference. Like and these days. It makes her new to well, even more intense. Exactly. And I think a really perfect like comparison again to just drive home how much how far the franchise falls. Prometheus, right? Mm-hmm. A big part of Shaw's character is she cannot have children. Yeah. And yeah. that becomes actively a huge part of the of the plot and yeah. the you know the climax the of the that, movie yeah. yeah the climax um and it's you know which I is think personally were, it's weaker oh, for it they it were so is. Yeah, they were right. so close to greatness yeah with yeah. that aspect of her character yeah. that she that she cannot have children mm-hmm. and is pitted against a race of creatures who are known for impregnating their, yeah. their victims yeah, you it, are so impregnating, close to fucking greatness yeah, even even impregnating the you know like parts of members of the species who cannot get pregnant right yeah, they just yeah. anything anything goes that's just how they you know how that's they how generate they new yeah exactly that's how they propagate their species so it's just it's mm-hmm. yeah it would have been yeah i mean just man a we couple of changes <laughs> these days a plot point like like Ripley's motherhood these days would have would have had 
like two different scenes of her talking to Hicks about like you know her trust issues and mm-hmm. like how you know she had a daughter and like, we don't need that what we get is one of the most subtle touching moments of the movie mm-hmm. where Newt is refusing to talk to Dietrich or Gorman and Ripley gives her a sip of hot chocolate and just decides to clean her face. Yeah, yeah. And there's that little, that little. I love the little moment of hard to believe mm-hmm. there's a little girl under all of this. And Ripley yeah, looks at her so in a certain way, and you can like, you can almost hear her heart melt a little bit. Yeah, it's, and it's so like, oh, it's, perfect. Everything about that scene is so subtle and it's so perfect. Like the whole, oops, I made a clean spot. I guess I gotta yeah. go clean the entire face now. Like it's it's, it's very... such a motherly line. Yeah, mm-hmm. nuance, people. Yes. Nuance. It's it's, it's so crucial. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and then to to have that compared to uh again the mother versus mother have that compared to the queen, who, yeah. I mean in her dude. own way is a fantastic mother. Dude, <laughs> she's <laughs> the coolest like monster in fiction to me for sure. I, I believe oh, she's, so she's a Disney princess. Class. She is. Well, no, she's a Disney queen. Lee. Yes. Thank you yes. very much. She's the queen. All, Congrats, all of her children queen. are Disney princesses. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I believe. Uh, I believe Cameron specifically said he was like his his whole thing with the queen was basically Grendel's mother, just just oh, that sort of. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Interesting. Perfect. That's yeah. That's great. That's a really good. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I love it when people tie classic lit or like yeah, mythology myth, into their yeah uh, yeah, yeah I, Oof, I, good I, stuff. I like it when people are able to take something either from real world or, or mythology and like spin it to something else. Like because mm-hmm. the the whole thing like with the, the the colonial marines versus the the xenomorphs, it's it's Vietnam. It's a fucking mm-hmm. Vietnam movie. Yes, yeah. I I heard someone explain it that way, and once once I heard that, I was like, oh my god, that makes. A disturbing amount of sense. Yeah. Interesting. That was that was Cameron's whole thing with the colonial Marines was like, I'm making Vietnam in space, and Grendel's <laughs> mother is the head of the forces. <laughs> Man, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although zero out of zero out of ten, you know, we don't see uh, Ripley playing the flute with Ripley. <laughs> with, oh my god. Jesus. With, with a robot version of Ripley. Oh. Yeah. Or, no, her clone. That movie uh, should have just resurrection. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh. The, oh. Specifically, the dying one who's just like, kill me, oh. and it's like, no, not until we play the flute. <laughs> we have important, important fan service to attend to. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So i i wanna I want us to hit on what is perhaps a blessing and a curse, All which right. is the prominence of the alien in pop culture. Mm. Um. He. What do you mean by that? Well. Okay, certain um certain horror characters over time have kind of hit that point of transcending their films and becoming pop culture icons. Like Definitely. Freddy's probably the uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jason's probably the biggest one because, mm-hmm. you know, hockey masks on on serial killers like became a thing after that. Yeah. I I'd actually um, see your first your first thing with Freddy being it is probably even more accurate just due to the fact that like pop culture even seeped into the movies where he became more jokey and everything like that too yeah, yeah. that's fair mm-hmm. so like a lot of the big time you know slashers michael myers ghost face mm-hmm. yeah um yeah the you alien, can like buy the masks yeah exactly the alien also reached that point of pop culture notoriety yes um you know but it it 
it did kind of reach the point, at least to me, where I don't know if it if it cheapens the franchise as a whole to have the alien be something you can slap on a lunchbox. <laughs> something that you, you can mean. something that you can make, you know, a fun co pop of. Yeah, yeah. Um mm-hmm. yeah. And that's not like that's not the underground music fan in me who's like, shit, that band was good until they signed to a label. Like sure, no, I'm sure I'm glad that the film is a massive success. <laughs> but I don't I, I feel like something is lost a little bit when something becomes like this kitschy little thing that you can put on a t-shirt and sell at six flags yeah Yeah, i'm I'm gonna have to send you uh two illustrations i did a couple years ago of an alien and the alien queen uh interacting with cats (laughs) oh please send that to me too on that note um i think that's kind of almost unavoidable once anything becomes like remotely popular Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how the f- filmmakers or or you know the the creatives behind whatever it is uh, handle it. And I I'd say that you know post aliens, um, everybody kind of like shit the bed a fair bit. So it's like yeah, like the alien from like Alien Three on is very there's no real fear there because the movies were kind of like shitty and and poorly made and everything like that. Um, Whereas like Michael Myers was kind of that way too from like almost every single fucking Halloween sequel being like inferior, like the horror was removed and it took you, it, it requires a, a talented filmmaker and a talented writer to bring that, legitimacy and horror back which you know at least in the case of michael myers i think they did with halloween 2018 so like i I, i'd say as of right now yeah sure absolutely like the alien is super kitschy and and outside of the first two movies isn't quite what it once was and and not really as scary anymore Mm -hmm. but i i think if say for example uh fox fucking finally came to their senses or disney i guess because disney owns fox and greenlit neil bloomkamp's alien movie and neil bloomkamp Mm. like pulled his fucking weight and and poured his heart into it and gave us a really good fucking movie Mm. the alien could come back to being like scary again like really scary i i think another good example would be also predator you know like uh (laughs) i'd say like post predator wasn't that scary and then predators i'd say he, he came back to being a little scary yeah, um, yeah and, then, and then we then, shot ourselves in the foot with weaponized autism yeah oh, oh god. my god let's not even go there yeah um, I that movie. it's so bad yeah and it it, it shot um, the bed again real quick i think too though uh one of the most important impacts i think that the uh the alien has had on pop culture is uh, creature design. Oh, dude, yes. yeah. Um, Raise the bar, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the the number of uh, films, m- video games, TV shows that kind of 
reference the alien in in their you know in their monster designs uh is incredible it's incredible to see how far reaching it's gone um you know i've i've probably talked on this podcast a tiny bit about how much i love the game evolve Mm -hmm. um but many of the creature designs in evolve are clearly uh hr giger inspired Interesting. Yeah, that especially, was a major point I wanted us to hit. I gotta yeah, check especially it out. if you uh, if you look at the Kraken in particular, is very like the 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 um, form of its its spine and tail are very alien. Um, oh, and, you, and you hit the nail on the head for something that I think is I, I don't think it's understated because I think enough people do reference it, but mm-hmm. how there are so many copycats of the aliens formula because it is effective. Um, Not just, not just uh, like stylistically as a movie, but like the, the world of it in general, like dead space takes a lot Mm -hmm. of influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. Starcraft Mm -hmm. takes a lot of influence and, and admittedly outright theft from Warhammer. Even, even the, the first fucking resident evil movie is more aliens than resident evil. First resident evil movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it oh god the worst offender is the new fucking Zack Snyder zombie movie. <gasps> oh my god. Army yes. of the <laughs> Dead is beat for beat aliens. It's, yeah, structurally it's entirely aliens. Oh, like cre- you know, like credit to Whoa. Red Letter Whoa. Media for really blowing up that one, but yes. Holy shit, it is a one to one. But yeah, aliens just kind of solidified a formula that was so effective that it's been mm. taken and tampered with and replicated so many times. Um, but yeah, like you were, like you were saying with Giger, um, you know, for those of you who don't know the, the design of the alien was already created by Giger before that first film. Um, Correct. Okay. It was, so yes. that's, that's, that's a thing that you all told, told me very, uh, not too long, long ago. And that blew me away. I was, I was definitely shocked by it. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah he, it was from a collection. Very... Yeah, he was very well known for that style of yeah. sort of like futurism, bio, pop, weird, the, the, yeah, the, biomechanical, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, or yeah, no, it's dude. it's yeah. yeah our our viewers won't be able to see it obviously, but I just sent a picture to the rest of the goons on here with the original piece that Giger did in the Necronomicon art yes. book. Yeah, I was just yeah. digging that out. Yeah. The very like sexualized alien. and and disturbing and yeah, yeah. He, which was, is. Yeah, the entire yeah, which which they, uh, I'm so glad they didn't shy away from that. Correct. Yeah. In its implica- in in its implication in the film, like the yeah, alien and- is a sexually terrifying creature. Yes, I feel like the design, the the creature design here, really informed the the sort of like, I don't know if you want to call it like, actions or pathos of the creature mm-hmm. just like like it informed what the thing is you know sort of like in the way pyramid heads design really does inform what he is kind of what thing it's gonna yes do. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not just going to kill you and eat you it's going to violate you yeah. Yeah. yes which um i i think ridley scott uh talked about in a few interviews um that the alien was meant to tap into a fear in the male audience of being dominated mm. in a way that they didn't feel comfortable with. Whoa. It was that, it was a method yeah. of being attacked that to them to like the the macho alpha brain yeah. completely like emasculated them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and you know that is that is a very unique thing for this franchise because 
so often that kind of threat is employed exclusively against female characters in horror movies and B movies, especially before now, right? Like the implication of the, you know, the, the slasher movie is entirely, you know, you you have sex and you get, you know, run through the gut (laughs) by a machete, right? It's, you know, it's not exactly a subtle metaphor. Um, But yeah, here it's, it's a little bit turned on its head to where the victims are the people you wouldn't expect. Yeah. It's like, I don't care how, how big of a, you know, macho guy you are. You know, when you're thrown into the situation where it's like, you know, give me a gun and I'll fight off those aliens. I should be in that horror movie. Um, no, you're you're going to be up against a, a crawling spider that's going to throat fuck you and oh lay an egg God, in your dude. stomach. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, so yeah. it's 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 a it's an unnerving experience for a number of reasons yeah. and tapped into a type of fear that men at the time were not ready to face. Yeah. Which fucking, of all people, Giger is the one to to expose you to uh, that brand yeah. of horror. It's amazing. It's amazing. So then <laughs> so then the the uh, the queen's de- design would have been uh, post that. Then it would have been yes. during Cam- the yeah. creation of the movie. Then Cam- yeah. Cam- Cameron That's is actually the one. Very interesting. The, uh, yeah. yeah, Cameron created oh, the queen. Okay. Similarly, um, similarly, actually, uh, did amazing then too. Ridley Scott was the one who created the chestburster. Uh, yes. Yes, yeah, so you said. Yeah, that's right. So I'm, I'm dropping in in the Discord what Giger's version of the chestburster looks like. Oh, that. Oh, it look. It looks like, like a, uh, you know, Godzilla. Chicken oh, fetus. Yeah, <laughs> they, they. They. That's. That's why they. They didn't go with it because they. Uh, yeah. They said basically it looked like a plucked chicken. And yeah. like, oh, that's terrifying. Wildly. Uh, <laughs> they, they wanted it to be. They wanted it to be something more horrific, which is mm-hmm. why uh, Ridley basically took the uh the giger alien design and just worked backwards to see what in the infancy form yeah Yeah, totally and he's like okay so giger i respect your design sir and i respect your vision but work with me here i'm gonna take the monster and make it into even more of a penis yeah (laughs) giger just nods and takes a smoke and goes yes (laughs) yes Good, good. good. <laughs> Do not stick. The student has become the master. <laughs> Do not have the penis come out of a vagina on the stomach. That is too French. Out of the chest. <laughs> that is the American way. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's, but, there's a lot of interesting little tidbits. Yeah, Cameron not just responsible for the creation of the queen. Cameron was <laughs> responsible for the design of basically that whole world. Um, all of the, uh, all of the um, Wayland Yutani structures, mm-hmm. all of the Marines equipment. Cameron basically just went on a field day thinking of all the coolest shit he could. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, he um, also, and that's, again, that's how you do it. That's how yeah. you expand a franchise. He also redesigned the, uh, or at least you know, modified the the look of the Xenomorph. Like if you if you watch Alien, the head is much smoother. And in Ooh. Aliens, the, the head is much, it's its more rigid. It's rigid. And he basically, like, removed, <laughs> ribbed. He uh. removed the smooth portion from it when, you know, had the, 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 the ribbed, rigid shit underneath. Because yeah. he figured, like, it, the smooth shit would, like, crack during all the stunt stuff. So he was like, okay, you know, we're going to modify that. And his logic was, especially because he kind of knew he was going to get some feedback for, or, or flack for, you know, redesigning, is that the alien we saw in Alien is like a newborn yes yeah and then these yeah. are these are like a older drone 
a few Be more few, mature yeah few weeks or, or months or whatever older. yeah totally, uh, totally. their armors I, had I time that. to harden exactly yeah, yeah. I love that's that. So that, cool, dude. And, and yeah, that's that's really that's doesn't feel like an asshole. It feels like I mean, it's also just like a very logical thing, right? A exactly. Lot of, a lot of newborn creatures don't have uh, the the correct whatever vestiges formed the yet. Fully formed. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah, Look at us. We've yeah, got literally. we've got weak little baby skulls when we're born. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Some still do, like Q. With baby yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> She's gonna she's gonna manifest in this channel and just murder Slap you. Fuck yeah. Out of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh man. I want to uh, I want to hit one last topic. Um mm -hmm. and uh James kind of touched on it for a brief moment. And that is um what could have been with Alien 3. <gasps> oh there's, boy. There's so fucking much of what could yeah. have been. There's like <laughs> I think five or six fully completed screenplays of what Alien 3 oh. could have been. And it Ooh, just boy. kept getting like tossed out, tossed out. Like one of them even was because Sigourney Weaver was adamant about how she did not want to come back. So yeah. they wrote a, a Alien 3 with Hicks and Newt and Sigourney Weaver had died in between the movies. Um, and then Sigourney Weaver came changed her mind because i guess they threw a lot of money at her and they, they promised <laughs> her that they'd kill off ripley uh mm -hmm. so they basically threw out that story and steve perry was already in the process of writing a novelization novelization based off that screenplay and basically mm -hmm. rather than uh like scrapping it he basically just continued and just made it not newt and not hicks which is why yeah. the the main characters of his novels are effectively hicks and newt just under different names that's awesome yeah there's there's uh one screenplay i believe it was like a, a satellite planet made of wood uh a lot of wild oh, shit yeah. um, the planet that, made of that wood. one sounds intensely interesting to me like what is that yeah like i i believe uh the guy who's responsible for um <clears throat> the um the Riddick series wrote a script at one point. Yeah, like Was there's that, a oh, that checks out. There's a uh, William Gibson script. There's a script by some guy named Eric Reed. Uh, there's the David Toey script. I, I I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's the um, he's the uh, what you call it the the uh, Riddick guy. Um, there's the uh, I guess Vincent Ward did one, and then Walter Hill and David Geeler did like did a pass on it. And it, it's just like this whole fucking mess of just writing and rewriting and 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 uh, tossing shit out and writing and yeah. rewriting and like I believe when when David Fincher was finally brought on board, there still wasn't even a finished screenplay. Yeah, and like this is his first his his theatrical debut, and there's not a finished screenplay, <laughs> and Fox keeps interfering. Oh jeez. And like just That's he's gross. having like the worst fucking time so trying to I get this shit done i believe i heard somewhere that uh, like alien 3 is one of the movies that like th there's only a few movies in history that have been like disowned by their directors uh and alien 3 is one of them yes and uh <laughs> apparently david fincher has a quote that's where somebody asked him about alien 3 um and it's basically him just saying that like 
you know, people people would come up to him and say, you know, that Alien 3 is a really bad movie. And and you just kind of have to agree with them, you know? And I'm yeah. like, oh, David. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, uh, I, I mentioned it to you guys briefly before, but like his experience making Alien 3 was so fucking terrible that when mm-hmm. Fox approached him to do Fight Club, he immediately said no. Oh. They, they had to convince him to come yeah. and do Fight Club. <laughs> Like, yeah. he, he, if I recall, he went into a depression after Alien 3 and went back to doing music videos for a while until yeah. he was able to do 7. Uh, and even yeah. even 7, New Line actually tried to fuck him over on that one, but Brad Pitt stepped up and was like, no, uh, if, if, you, if you fuck with this, I am, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I, I adore David Fincher um, as, a, as a director. Mm. Um, I think I've loved almost all of his movies with very few exceptions with like Same. two exceptions um so yeah hearing that yeah alien 3 broke him so hard because mostly studio and and the mess that was that production that's heartbreaking yeah like even the extended cut or whatever for alien 3 it's called the producer's cut because he refused to come and do a director's cut because oh he's God. like it's not him. my fu- it's not my fucking movie yeah. i don't want to fucking touch it yeah he yeah. still he still allowed himself to be credited on the movie uh, yeah, despite... yes. He did not Alan Smithy. That... Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, he fucking hates that movie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, understandable. And so now we've got this like, you know, this this lingering dream film that is realistically not going to happen. But uh, a, a, a take on Alien 3 continuing that Hicks and Newt story with Ripley being dead. Mm-hmm. Um or they'll or they'll go in the whole reboot direction and have Ripley in it. Who fucking knows? But I think at this point it's so stuck in production theory limbo that it's not even going to happen. Yeah. But from what I've heard, a large part of that also stems from Ridley Scott. Is this Bloom Camps? Yeah, this is Bloom Camps. Okay. A, a large part of that also stems from Ridley Scott, from what I've heard, where he, he greenlit it, but then he decided, let's get through all these prequels first, and because Ridley oh Scott keeps God. wanting to add more and more fucking prequels, like. It started out as a singular prequel, Prometheus, yeah. mm-hmm. and then it ballooned into, well, I'm going to make a trilogy of prequels. And then I think mm-hmm. the last oh, quote so I heard before, well, no, no, we're, it's going to be even more, Mike, because I think the last yeah. quote that I heard from Ridley was like, oh, you know, it's going to be like five prequels. Who knows? It could be more. We could do a hundred of these things. Oh, no. But oh, it, the, fact, the fact that he even said we could do a hundred of these things he doesn't give a fuck then. yeah it's yeah. It, at this point it's kind of in disney's camp since disney is the one who now owns the franchise um and ridley ridley is getting up there so who knows if he'd be even able to do it anymore yeah. Yeah. Um, no we, we we need to divert all of our time and resources and energy towards the alien adaptation that we desperately need which is oh dude an LV426 world in Kingdom Hearts 4. Oh, <laughs> yes. it's I, I, correct. <laughs> I was going to say the alien adaptation that we need, which is uh, oh my God. David Lynch's Alien. Whoa. <laughs> Just the, the, the chest burster comes out. Fuck you! The chest burster comes out smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Talking backwards. Eating a piece of pie. Yeah. yeah. It'll, oh it'll, be, it'll be fantastic. It'll be the, the chest burster will be the baby from Eraserhead. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. 
Well, that's about my uh, my gigantic list of notes that I wanted to hit. And uh, I Hell believe yeah. we were going to briefly touch on another uh, another oh, unrelated oh, well, topic before be, we wrapped. Before we get to that, because the whole purpose of this was was your, your thing of, of like, which is the better movie, even though we, we all agree that like it's a difficult question because they're so they're so different in tone and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I, I, I'd like I, to hear you. I, I do hear think there's a way to do, like, what is your preferred viewing experience of, like, Alien or Aliens? Because I, I still think even with both of them, like, liking both of them equally, there's probably one that each of us prefers for one reason or another that we watch sure. more than the other. I I am a hard believer in in the sequel. I think Aliens is my favorite of the two and the best of the two. Nice. I, I think it is I think it's incredibly difficult to directly compare them, but in yeah. a situation like this, you kind of have to at least have them in the same conversation. It's of not course. like comparing Predator one and two or yeah. Terminator one and two. I, 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 um, I do disagree at least with you ter- on the Terminator one. I disagree with you on that, but yes. No, no, no. I I I'm not I'm not saying in the sense that the the that one is is clearly better than the other that's mm. not what i was trying to mm. say i was trying to say that you can compare terminator one and two because stylistically they're similar yeah sure one well, is I, more of a horror movie yeah mm-hmm. well i mean I, I i'd say terminator one is a, a straight out slasher movie and terminator two is more of a bombastic action movie. movie yeah mm. so they are kind of similar yeah in that way um yeah, I think that's uh I think that's great. My uh my opinion counter to Lee and I think mostly just because I have more experience with the good version of this film than I do with the the good version of the other film is mm. I I I just think Alien is a masterpiece. Um Yeah. Uh so I personally and also um I am much more of a sci-fi horror nerd than a sci-fi action nerd mm-hmm. um so therefore that that does weigh me a little bit too but i do think that having now seen the director's cut i do have a much um i i do have a much higher opinion of the second movie especially in regards to the themes of motherhood so like yeah. delicately touched upon in yes. a way that really enhances the film and does not you know does not steal the spotlight from the good of it but yeah it, in general i would still say that uh alien for me is the uh superior viewing experience all right fair mike what you uh, got i think between the two of them i'm with you lee uh the sequel is it it's it's a more fun viewing experience of course but even in, even in terms of horror Seeing it as an adult and as a kid, there's different layers of why it was so 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 scary. Even, but mm-hmm. even even now, like seeing seeing this like this like elite group of soldiers be dismantled by like a real hive of these creatures to me is just like terrifying. Still, and mm-hmm. um, th- 
And again, like I, I have as a writer and as just a dark, weird nerd, like the alien queen to me is just one of the most interesting con- concepts, creatures in fiction. And like that, that movie, to be honest, like opened up my mind to like horror in a real way and so you, there's no don't, be, there's don't be afraid to don't be afraid to say it the alien queen's a waifu she oh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't gonna put myself out there like, Damn, bro, like, she's like, sick like that. she's got built-in <laughs> heels baby she's got built-in <laughs> heels she gonna step on you boy yo she's fucking fabulous <laughs> she's like doing the most like for her babies like that's I don't right know, shit she's a woman of principle and and yeah, just like also, the, I, I just re, re re remember during my first viewings and and even now, just like the concept of what if what if an alien queen was just dropped off on any planet, and like this is a concept that's used in the Predator series, like bid a bit more, and is one of the only effective links to the two series. But like, yes. just knowing how, like, um, seeing, uh, seeing how, like, the the alien the alien species could prop could propagate any planet is just like, like, just grade A like terror, grade A like conceptualization and i i just can't get enough of that so yeah. two two is just a two, uh, very near and dear to my heart and it may it may just be those few few points you know i can definitely with conviction say that Alien One, like sitting down and seeing that, is a more nail biting, like breath holding, like experience. But I don't know. It's just it just doesn't get me personally as 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 good. They're just two different flavors. It's peanut yeah, butter and sure, chocolate. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. We 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 all agree yeah. that we love them both. It's just, yeah, it's totally, just, totally. End of the day, if you, gun to your head, which do you pick? Yeah, I would have. James, to help pick me out, buddy. <laughs> you pick piranha to uh, the swanning. <laughs> uh, alien warrior? No. Um. <laughs> no. So, alien versus hunter. Alien yeah. versus hunter. There we go. Uh, I think I've seen aliens far more, and I would say it's definitely the more fun flick but i think of the two i probably prefer the f- alien there's awesome. got a perfect You're tired. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> a lot of it a lot of it stems because i mean the filmmaking in aliens is great and 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 it's it's budget is is fantastic and the score is pumping and and everything like that but just the the fact that you you especially if you don't know shit about the franchise and you don't know what to expect and it's 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 basically a alien is basically a haunted house movie except for you know it's it's a space spaceship or whatever mm-hmm. uh and the there's i mean there there's a little bit of the corporate bullshit and and you know ash is certainly a shit deal and everything like that but like the characters are just normies who are underprepared and mm-hmm. even even though I love the fucking Marines, that that's a little bit more of a draw, I I, I think. Like, it's because I, I I fucking love horror and I love action science fiction, but like, 
One thing I can say is, even though Aliens definitely has a lot of really fucking strong horror elements to it, is it does lose a little bit of the horror because, like, we know Ripley is experienced in in what mm-hmm. these things are. It's it's kind of like a chief criticism I have of bringing Resident back. Evil? Yeah, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a great example of just their power levels kind of get too high, figuratively mm-hmm. speaking. Um, yeah, when you're like Leon's up against a fucking mutant T Rex and he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got this. It's it's. <laughs> I, I I kind of appreciate the fact that like they don't have any form of self defense. They are mm-hmm. completely just scraping together whatever the fuck they can. Like just makeshift oh. trucker equipment, you know, like the flamethrowers and whatnot. Great point. Yeah, they they have to like they have to just scrap together whatever crap they can. But like mm-hmm. with it's like if you're trying to craft in in like an RPG. But you've only got like level three crafting out of a hundred. Yeah. Yes. And you're just like taking sticks and bones and tying them together. That's what they're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that makes it a little more, a little I think a little stronger for me. It's just. That yeah, I mean, and there's that it. there's that great set piece in the first Alien where they're li- it's literally them just like trying to uh, <clears throat> stop the uh, acid blood from eating through their hull. Yeah. And oh, killing them all. Yeah. That that was that was a really good little. Yeah, that's such a, a bit of horror a there great, that had, like, was only tangentially related to the actual uh yeah well that's the perfect like way to ship across like how fucked they are is like we just gave a small surgical incision to one of this thing's legs and it nearly killed us by eating through the hole what is oh, gonna happen yeah. if we actually manage to blow a hole through one dude yeah. like Careful. we're fucked yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I i i think that stuff like that is is why i think i would with a gun to my head, I, I, I'd take the first movie. Plus, there is... And I, I would love to see this reincorporated into the franchise, but there's that deleted scene from, from in the, that's in the director's cut uh, of how the alien makes an egg without yes. a queen. Oh. Wait, that's what? a deleted yeah. scene from yeah, the first no, movie? Yeah, no, describe, please. Oh, yeah. So, please, yeah. there's, a scene, there's a scene where Ripley is, like, trying to basically explore and get, you know, get through the ship and whatever, and she finds Dallas, mm-hmm. and Dallas is basically cocooned to the wall, and he's basically fucked. He's He's been, like, I, I think in, in, in the script, the alien's tail, when it, like, stabs you, it kind of injects, like, a a paralysis type poison into you so you're you're, you're kind of fucked uh mm-hmm. and we also see brett and brett is being morphed into an egg oh wow oh, and it's That's a genuinely horrifying bit of body horror and like awesome. it, it ripley yeah. has to basically if i recall torch dallas and brett yeah, she burns him. Oh. Yeah, Dallas is it's... the first person to say "kill me" as yeah. a as awesome. a. I see, I see. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm down that. Yeah, same. I'm down that deleted scene then. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Visually, it sounds intense. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fucking great, and like I, that definitely kind of like I I, I would love to see that sort of like reincorporated into uh the franchise at some point 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. In in the um, books, uh, just just a tidbit or whatever. Um, when there's no queen, a, a drone can become a queen and, and thus start to like lay eggs and oh. stuff. And it's Which like, is, yeah. they're very yeah. much like ants. Like yeah, I was gonna say that's an ant thing. Yeah. And that's also a, a part of what These makes things them ain't so ants, fascinating, man. dude. It's so cool. I I definitely think though that like having that element of a creature uh uh you know being able to create its own young out of like another creature yeah that's intense oh, yeah that's oh god <laughs> yeah. I, it's I love a great it way to, it's yeah, a great it's way to drive home the the trait of the creature which is mm-hmm. its entire Thing. it's it's like distilled down to a singular purpose its thing is evolution and reproduction yes and yes. in the absence yeah. of its queen it mm-hmm. will adapt to continue to do those Dude, things it's, it's like yeah. oh yeah. god no wonder that's what i'm saying man. exactly oh they're so yeah. cool they're just too cool yeah mm-hmm. and i love it yeah it's it's great stuff like i love both movies but like as i said if, if gun to my head I, I think i'd go with the first one i love that we have an even Sick. split yeah, yeah. Same. it's very yeah. cool. I love it. It's it's a really tough call though for me because it I is. fucking love aliens. Yeah. Stop by Yuka Savage's red, white, and blue balls cosplay channel, dressing some dapper danglies in the garb of freedom. Subscribe today and get a five dollar off coupon for Crazy Lenny's House of Hash Browns and Tire Irons. Oh yeah, dig it. Freak out. It's well, damn. Thank you. Uh, thank yeah. you for humoring me on the uh, the alien conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Thank you for like you know. I mean, not necessarily re, not necessarily introducing us to something new, but reintroducing us to a very beloved franchise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and hell, you you did introduce me to the director's cut, which is by far superior. So thank Everything's you. Everything's better with robot machine guns. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it was a director's cut that wasn't four hours long, and with a half oh my god, slow motion. It um, needed ancient Amazonian it lamentations. Guys, <laughs> it, really it, it needed to be in in four three aspect ratio to preserve. That's, that's true. Preserve <laughs> James uh, Cameron's original vision. Uh, speaking, Insanity. Speaking of beloved franchises, uh, James, I hate mm. you. The Conjuring uh, Three and Spiral were fucking garbage. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. we should we should preface this by saying uh, originally we invited Mike along to discuss a bunch of terrible movies we made him sit through. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we didn't know they were going to be that bad at the time. I was hoping that this would come up because it's definitely become a a, a, a through line joke here. That, Life uh, happened, yeah. and we ended up kind of having to uh, rearrange the schedule a little bit, and we wanted to talk about something good. And yeah. I, I hate to Instead, tell you, Mike, so, but the joke um, is too but, good at this you know, point. <laughs> yeah, whatever, we're, we're, we're diving into we're, it. We're going back <laughs> Let's to talk Spiral and Conjuring Three. This this All is right. the only good thing that you're watching, Mike. Is Alien? It's yeah, gonna be garbage I, uh, from here on out. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna keep my thoughts on these two very brief because if I really start to go into how much I hated these two things, Ooh. this podcast is gonna be four hours long. <laughs> yeah, let's let's definitely keep it brief. Yeah. Uh, so which one first? Uh, I'm just gonna go and say that I hated Conjuring Three more. 
I was, I was expecting... going to say, let's talk about that. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, uh, Conjuring, like, I, I like Conjuring 1 and I like Conjuring 2. I fucking hate kind of the expanded Conjuring universe. Yeah. I've, I've only seen bits and bobs of the Annabelle shit and the nun shit and the fucking La Llorona. Uh, and it's, it's all fucking garbage. Uh, and yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's some schlocky, jump scary, over the top bullshit in the two Conjuring movies. But there's a craft that James Wan has and like a care for detail Correct. And, and pacing and Correct. structure and, and, it, and I, I don't I don't love that he's become like the definitive voice of ghost horror in the past yeah. couple of years just because he's to me a little over reliant on jump scares and very basic techniques mm. um but there's no denying that he does have a very keen eye and a skill for yeah. delivering horror on screen like there, there is a quality <laughs> to his movies that is um it's it, it's it's high it's a high bar right yeah and and um, more importantly he doesn't open his movie up with stealing one of the most iconic horror shots oh my god in movie history. Uh, and it, oh. you, you said it when all four it. of us were like exorcist what the fuck <laughs> oh I saw some bullshit little article. It was probably BuzzFeed uh, that said, "Like, did you catch this this uh, Easter oh, egg geez. to a horror uh, classic in Conjuring Three? And it's a uh, side by side of the two Exorcist shots." Oh and I'm just like, God. "You fucking you yeah. monster!" Yeah, so I I think one of the um you know we I think we all kind of armchair script doctored this while we were watching it. Oh hell yeah! And uh, a very specifically James. Like, well, I mean, I think it was it was all of us like riffing um, together on it. But then James kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, and I forget entirely uh, what it was. But you had like the perfect solution to what would have made this film actually decent. So oh, it's about the courtroom. Sequence, yeah. Wasn't so it? Exactly. Ba well, ba yeah. Basically, because the, the whole fucking movie is at like one of the reasons why I'm so fucking mad about it is it's the movie's false advertising because it's it's yeah. it's leading you to believe that it's going to be something like similar maybe to like the exorcism of emily rose yes um, or or like um the oh my god i think it's called fear itself yeah the one so, with so, uh, like ed norton yeah prim where, primal fear where, primal fear primal thank fear. you yeah. yes okay. yes yeah i was expecting primal fear yeah. um I, I thought Primal Fear in the Conjuring universe with, you know, focused on the Warrens. No. What a cool movie. Yeah. yeah. Satanist. Yeah. Um, oh, so base, basically... A powerful like, adversary, Lee. Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> so my, my basic thing would have been, like, you open with post-murder, dude walking down the street, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the rest of the movie is the court case and witness testimony and, and flashbacks of leading up to yeah, this murder. Uh, yeah. And the, the big ending would have been the, the stupid fucking gigantic exorcism scene that they opened the movie with, which immediately deflated any old tension for the rest of the fucking movie because they... Exactly, the exactly. Not, yeah. not to mention... what like it, it, the, And the more I think about it, too, right? Uh, the movie is really offensive to me not just on like a bad filmmaking level but this was a real fucking murder where that somebody fucking died in and you you can argue like whatever about like the supernatural shenanigans behind it and everything like that but a real fucking person died uh yeah. and the movie barely fucking touches that and just really goes to great lengths to come up with some fucking 
fictional convoluted Satanist Scooby-Doo bullshit to -hmm. justify that. And it's like, that's really fucking shitty and offensive and callous to the person who fucking died. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, like, whether or not supernatural shit is real is it's 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 its own discussion whether or not the dude was really fucking possessed is it's is its own fucking discussion but like the way it's handled in this movie just god it's it's just infuriating like because like you you could maybe suspend your disbelief in conjuring one and conjuring two about the finer details of, of what happened but, like, one look at the Wikipedia page for this court case, for, like, the murder and the aftermath, the entire movie is fucking fiction. And, I mean, sure, you yeah. know that going yeah. in, but you, can, you can't suspend your disbelief. It's just... Yeah. It's, it's just upsetting and, and callous and infuriating, and it's this dumb Satanist bullshit, and the whole movie is just yeah. relying yeah. on... Oh, you like Ed and Lorraine Warren, right? You like Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. And it's like, yes, I like those characters. And they're mm-hmm. still great in this movie. But that is not alone yeah, enough to that. save the movie. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and also, real. while we were watching, we also commented on the fact that this movie is overly reliant on the previous films to establish the Warrens' characters. Yeah, I was just about to, to say that. That's yeah, so big. In the movie, they don't even feel like the Warrens that we know and love. Yeah, like yeah. they're like uh, uh, Ed is like really antagonistic and and you know snappy because he's he's been injured and so he's like and and uh, oh my god, Lorraine is Lorraine. is just you know sort of I, I keep wanting to call him Patrick and Vera so it's like. <laughs> Lorraine has fucking um, superpowers now. Yeah, she just has superpowers, yeah, and you don't yeah. you don't feel their connection at all. Whereas, like yeah. you know, Conjuring Two, you know, my God, there's just that was like the whole movie. That there's was why, yeah, and there's, why, there's that was why it was good. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many cute scenes of of them, you know, essentially displaying how much they love each other. Yeah, like um, when, when I think the, it was like, a unique bond for this type of movie. Yeah, ex- exactly. Because yeah, you like um or. Even just like little scenes of, you know, Patrick Wilson singing Elvis to the kids at Christmas. It's, it's so fucking cute and wholesome. And, and there's really none of that in this movie. Yeah. None of it. It's it's just cheap. It loses entirely the heart. And, yes. And all this other stupid shit that they needed to add to make it bombastic and over the top, even though like. Like, like the big fucking ending where, where the demon is coming after the dude in prison and like the glass is breaking and there's like 16 there's witnesses and there's security yeah. cameras. It's like, this would clearly get the fucking guy off. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's yeah. like yeah, supernatural yeah. shenanigans going on. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, that, that movie made me real mad. Spiral yeah. didn't make me that yeah. mad. I was expecting it to be dumb, but... Yeah. Do we want to switch to Spiral? Let's I'll do switch it, yeah. to Spiral after I say my only thought yeah. on The yes. Conjuring 3, which uh-huh. is, as I've said before, Ed Warren is the P.T. Barnum of the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Flawless. Yeah, yeah the, real, the real life people were awful. And yeah. But I... I it's it's tough to be like I enjoy these or I enjoyed Conjuring one and two 
even knowing that the people the real world people behind them are kind of pieces of shit yeah it's the but, same way i can enjoy the greatest showman like it, yeah it's like you just kind of get over the fact that like yeah these are just fictional these are fictional characters they're not the they're based on the real people but like this glorified version of them that you know as long as you i think keep in the back of your mind that like this isn't real these people don't exist it's fine also Mm -hmm. the devil didn't make him do anything it was a fucking satanist it wasn't the goddamn devil yeah spooky witch oh and i mentioned this when we were doing our viewing like our our perception of Satanists in general is vastly different in this day and age than they were back in the time when the story was set. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Satanists these days are generally considered to be more open-minded because the actual yeah. book of Satanism is about the idea of, like, hey, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's basically your credo. Your credo is yeah. just yeah. like, eh, don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just kept envisioning, like, oh, the Satanist is growing too powerful. And it's some dude with a hipster beard and a beanie eating a scone and drinking a kombucha. Like, hey, man, do you want to, like, check out this poetry I'm writing? Ah, he's too powerful. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Hail Satan. Hail, Hail Satan. Hail. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um... Yeah, hated it. Yeah. yeah, and then then, then Spiral was su- surprisingly even a bit dumber than than a normal Saw movie. Yeah, yeah. so I when we were watching it, um, I I voiced this to the crew, but I kind of felt like almost like this was one of those they had a screenplay and then they adapted it into a Saw sequel. Hellraiser five through eight. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yes. you're totally right, Kat. That that is what it felt like because it honestly, really up until the last maybe twenty minutes, it just felt like a like a serial killer horror movie with traps. Yeah, um, I'll give the movie uh, one kudos, mm. which is um, I think that Chris Rock did an excellent job of playing Chris Rock. <laughs> And unfunny yeah, if you're trying to tell me he was any other character, you're it, fucking wrong. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. And uh, James said a few times during during our uh, viewing of it that uh, it seems like he just was down to do his, like, stand-up act <laughs> in the middle of the movie, you know? Yes. And it felt kind of... Stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And, and this is the second Saw movie in a row where the copycat jigsaw has basically the exact same motive and mm-hmm. is the exact same it thing also, of just they're in law enforcement and they're trying to clean up dirty cops yeah yeah except for this one was a far more heavy-handed and and less entertainingly stupid since most of the traps were pretty lame they there were was lame. Trap. Yeah, yeah, traps, yeah yeah one one trap was, it was basically the um the child's play remake of saw saw remakes because there was one kill that was good and also i think we all pointed out that none of the traps were escapable yes like they were all really bad if they were supposed to be jigsaw-esque yeah yeah they weren't there to like teach any kind of you know there's like no no like there's no purpose it it was just like torture you know yes it was just torture which and also, I think I brought this up in the when we were viewing it. The first kill in the subway yeah. uh, is very similar to the opening of Fear.com. You did yeah. say that, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and and also, uh, you know, 
stylistically, um, we have the all of the other Saw movies are edited very sort of like 90s music video aesthetic, I guess, like very like punk editing. Yeah. Nine Inch this, Nails. Yeah. Yeah. And this one felt very um, it felt like it was cribbing on seven, which mm. I, I know is a, a criticism that the original Saw movie received where it's like, oh, this is just this is you know, banking on seven and kind of very seven esque, but it's like, no, but this is actually feels like seven. They have yeah. like the muted yellowish color palette. And, you know, it's it like all of the editing felt very um, uh, Fincher than original saw. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I find myself having to be pretty hard on spiral, like from a moral standpoint, but I'm also just spiritually exhausted because yeah. it's all one. I don't just like it. I love it. I think I think the first Saw movie is in my top 10 favorite films ever. Damn. Wow. Yeah, really? I mean, I would like honestly, like that that is why I have respect for James Wan because I do think he is a really good writer and a really good director. I just think that you know, I, he's he's a little over-reliant on very uh uh tropey things nowadays, oh. but he's still he's still good. I'm not denying he's not good. There's a reason he's as you know, as big of a household name as he is right now. Sure. Right. Um I I, I and Tobin also... Bell, oh my god. Tobin Bell right? yes. oh, classic. classic. Like, yeah. And let's you not forget and, and, and Donnie, I wish the, I was. And my one of the main Mark. reasons why this doesn't feel like a Saw movie is because there's no there's barely any tie-in to Jigsaw. There's no mm. not even a mention of him, which you could argue that the original Saw movies get a little bit too like up their own ass with the twists of like, oh, before he died, he did he yes. had all of these machinations in place to like do this, this, and this. How many fucking it's apprentices? Like, okay, does that's he have? a little. Uh, that's a little much, but well, that's that's the yeah, thing. exactly, exactly. How many twist apprentices can he have? That's the painful but, uh, thing. Is I, but yeah, I, this I, one, like, this one, like they br- they briefly mentioned, like oh, it's a copycat of that jigsaw killer. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, like Saw is one of my top ten favorite movies. However, I hate the Saw franchise. I, I don't like two. I don't like three. I don't like any other in the series. I think the first is a fantastic standalone film that should have been just left the fuck alone. And as soon as it started branching out into a series, yes, two and three have some highlightable moments, but I feel like it, it damaged the integrity of what could have been a perfect standalone film. I, I will and yeah. so when I say I'm spiritually exhausted with it, I'm just tired of mentally giving the franchise a chance. I, I can <laughs> I can dig that. Like, I I think for me, I almost class the first movie and the sequels as different entities, if that makes yes. sense. That's 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 yeah. where I'm at, Kat, because like I, yeah. I enjoy the rest of the franchise, but for different reasons. Exactly. Like, They've I, become almost like a like a haunted a haunted house ride or yeah, so, like a it, carnival attraction for for me it's it's how stupid can this shit get yes uh and that's kind of why i was excited for spiral i was like all right let's see how stupid this can get or you know maybe it'll be back to basics like saw one and it, it was, seemed like it was it w- stupid in different re- ways that just exactly wasn't fun. it seemed like it was going to be a return to form of saw one that's why i was excited for it and then yeah, yeah. yeah. The the fear.com intro immediately was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> this does not bode well. <laughs> no, and like this this uh like it was it was it was disappointing, although it just it didn't make me as mad as Conjuring 3. 
Because I, 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 I fucking like, I really like Conjuring 1 and 2, and I had... Yeah, yeah. I feel like that series Res- maybe had farther to fall than Saw. Saw yeah. was already in the dirt. <laughs> like, I, I had reservations about Conjuring 3 because it wasn't James Wan going into yeah. it. And I was like, alright, well, you know, how bad could it get? Uh, mm-hmm. And then we saw when it opens with a big dumb exorcism scene and it rips off the exorcist shot and whatever yeah uh, where where you don't care about any of the characters in this like traumatic uh yeah extended yeah. violent scene because you know other than ed and lorraine who are mostly there as pt barnum <laughs> yeah remember how the first conjuring opens up where it's literally just a couple describing the stupid yeah. doll to ed and lorraine yes Yes, and, and... where you you have a little taste of another uh, another case they worked on. Yeah, or... same thing with the Amityville case in the in the in Conjuring Two. Yeah, that's or... that's a good way to open it. Where it's like, okay, we don't have to be invested in these characters. We're just here to see Lorraine psychicking her way through a historical, you know, yeah. haunting moment, Ooh. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this one just opening with that action scene, and then immediately trying to like somehow make it as if we care about these characters at all after this it's like what what yeah it was yeah. uh it was, it was it was real bad uh and, and a lot uh, of i think actually shit. to go back to spiral real quick um or yeah to to get to get back to spiral um i wanted to ask about because i think we had divergent opinions on the ending um because for me, the ending was kind of the only part that actually felt like Saw. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. I partially uh, agree. Because also we should mention um, Samuel L. Jackson's role. And yeah. the fact that the movie seemed really hellbent on including as many references to Samuel L. Jackson's filmography as possible. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of Pulp yeah. Fiction references. A yeah. lot of Pulp Fiction, like, to the point where it was just like, like literally at the end they reveal that the main character the chris rock's character whose name is zeke zeke is short for ezekiel and i immediately was like james pause the fucking movie is that another pulp fiction reference (laughs) and everyone was like oh my god (laughs) yeah i i partially agree that the ending felt saw-esque like a saw movie Yeah. yeah my my big problem is uh like spiral was spiral felt overall very 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 heavy-handed with the mm-hmm. idea of police corruption similar to how like saw yes. six was very 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 heavy-handed about the shittiness of of medical insurance but like for me spiral took it a bit step further where it's like you can clearly see sam jackson is tied up you know and yeah i mean puppet on strings yeah yeah and and chris rock is non-threat non like non-threatening non-threatening and chris rock is is screaming don't and it's and the cops just get him down and i'm just like open up on him this is this is just a bit this is just a bit much and a bit excessive i think i know what they were trying to go for and i think it fell flat yeah yeah but what they were trying to go for would have been nasa-esque ending exactly exactly so i i i'm giving it maybe a little too much credit but i was like and i i i will 
I, I will say too that like may, maybe part of me is a little more uh I mean it's it still probably would have been heavy-handed but it, it was originally set to come out last May before mm-hmm. a lot of the shit that went down in 2020 yeah. went down yeah mm-hmm. so I I definitely don't want to like accuse the filmmakers of, of trying to like you know capitalize on recent tragic mm-hmm. events or yeah. anything like that but Mm-hmm. It definitely felt a little, a little too forced. Yeah, I feel like if it did come out last year, it would have been pretty distasteful. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like it's it's probably a good thing it it got delayed an entire year. On, on that note, I have just one nitpick like i don't know if anyone else like felt anything about it or like caught it but mm-hmm. there there are two scenes in spiral where where chris rock our pro tag he um he, he robs some drug uh some some drug dealers and um for the life life of me perhaps it was because uh, I, I just wasn't following the plot but it's not that complex a plot, but I have no idea why he robbed both of those drug <laughs> dealers. And I low-key just got a feeling in the black... Uh, that was a Freudian slip. In the, <laughs> in the, in the, in the back of my mind, and I just had, like, an old black man, like, mohum, and, like, y'all just want to see this black man do some good, like... I don't know with with, with like the, the with like with like the like blasting like trap music in those <laughs> those scenes the purposelessness of those scenes it literally just to me felt like they, like whoever was behind the the camera was like we need an urban scene to make this feel a little bit more urban. Oh. God, like, you're right. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I fucking no, I think you're right. That. Yeah, I, I didn't. That. I didn't think about it until you phrased it that way. But oh, Dude, holy I shit! It. I think you're onto something. I, I, I would which, agree too. Which is a shock because Chris Rock was like the executive producer, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Pushed all this. So I, I I would agree too, especially because I know that this is the first Saw movie that had that partnered up with with uh, some musical artist. I forgot who. To do, a, I, I believe, a licensed rap track theme song oh, for the wow. movie. Oh, wow. oh yeah. no, movie theme song! You gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a side note, I hate rap these days. Oh my god, you guys! <laughs> Remember back when it was good? Now we got. <laughs> <laughs> I I am DB the director, and uh, yeah. he 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 and I share a birthday. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Mm. And actually, he I'm was the sorry. director of Saw Two as well. Two through mm, two through uh, five, if I'm not mistaken, or two through three. Two, it's maybe two through four. I don't know. Darren Lynn Bousman. He also did. Uh, mm-hmm. He also did Repo, the Genetic Opera. Oof. Yeah. I dig Repo. I I also dig Repo, but uh, a lot of people I've shared because I I love the music. Yes, repo. absolutely. Like, Zydrake yes. comes in a little glass of wine. <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. Um, I shared the soundtrack with a bunch of people being like, mm. this is like my favorite musical. I just love this nonsense. And then I, and then like later on, they were like, they sought out the movie and they were like, holy shit, the movie was such a disappointment compared to the music. Mm. And I'm like, wow. that's really interesting, actually. 
because you know i just i obviously discovered the music through the movie yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. apparently that soundtrack slaps so hard that everything around it is uh <laughs> disappointing I mean, in comparison you can't yeah, always have hedvig in the angry inch like <laughs> like there's a there's a bomb ass soundtrack and the movie's good yeah, but, I, I, um, I still haven't seen Repo. I just know of it. And yeah, same. did it. Yeah, Repo's a blast. It's 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 cheesy and schlocky, but it's a blast. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's very cheesy and schlocky. Well, my uh my view on Spiral uh will just be summarized in my uh my worst uh Mike Sucklasa impression <laughs> of the only Spiral I saw was it going down the toilet <laughs> amazing beautiful yeah actually where were the spirals no there was there was a couple spirals there was a couple spiral graffiti marks we no, saw yeah. the table. The there were no spirals to spare because junji ito used them all <laughs> okay an appropriate response <laughs> remember no also remember that scene where they walked in the warehouse and it was just like spirals everywhere graffiti on the wall yeah 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 but like and somebody's barely. yelling at you look it's the title of the movie uh, yeah but, but like that doesn't that doesn't a, a graffiti in the background of a scene does not a title make well, they didn't want. They didn't want to call it Saw, for some reason. Uh, because like, why not just saw. name the movie after a background? Like you know, I don't know, uh, Sunshine, because the sun is in the background of all the shots. Well, I mean, the franchise is already kind of fucked up. I mean, with Saw Seven is Saw the final chapter, and then it's followed <laughs> by Saw Eight, which is just called Jigsaw, and now we have well, Saw man. Nine, which is called Spiral, and now there's there's another Saw in the works, and it's called oh, Saw no. X. Oh god. Oh no. He's just <laughs> I can't... Whenever I wanted a franchise to die. I can't I can't wait to see how they incorporate a uh a, a cop trying to take out dirty cops for the next movie. <laughs> Since that's been the last two fucking maybe, zombies. Ooh, ooh, maybe maybe the killer will be a killer who targets <clears throat> cops who are tar who are themselves serial killers of dirty cops oh. it's a dirty cop killer killer so basically <laughs> basically dexter meets saw <laughs> yes there we go there we go starring the trinity killer starring john <laughs> oh god starring john travolta so we can cram in more pulp fiction references oh my god and also, and also some references to greece and saturday night fever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i want to die <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah. Um, oh my god. So anyways, yeah, well, that summarizes my thoughts on those two pieces of shit. Yeah. Does anybody have any uh, any any last words, or should we uh, or should Saber uh, play us out? Yeah. Fuck those last two movies, everybody. Go watch uh, Wish Upon. Oh. Oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got Wish Upon gets its own episode at some point. Hell That's yeah. the stinger. That's the stinger. Hell Go yeah, watch yeah. Wish Upon so Go that you're ready Upon. for when we do a podcast. About yeah, it. yes, uh, we need yes. yeah because we need to decide what we're doing next because it's either going to be Wish Upon or it's going to be Resident Evil Infinite Darkness or it's going to be oh the fucking God. Fear Street trilogy. Oh, oh I want to. I want to. Oh, I I feel like we need to do the Fear Street trilogy, and mm -hmm. I feel like I, 
I feel like I need to share my disappointment with the world about Infinite Darkness. Me too. I, I, uh... One I, out of ten, babies. I, I no think, Wesker. I think, I think we could probably pair Infinite Darkness and Fear Street together. Originally, when I was thinking about it, like, months ago, I was hoping that we could do, like, all three animated movies and Infinite Darkness. Um, oh, but considering how often they talk about fear in infinite darkness yeah oh. i think it's only fitting that we pair it with fear street oh Absolutely. perfect the fear cast the yeah. fear cast yeah, yeah. it'll I be love it. it'll be beautiful we still haven't seen fear street 2 yet no uh, is it out we will. yeah it came out on friday oh christ oh shit and fear street what 3 comes out this friday oh let's do well, it we could double feature it yeah oh god it'll be great yeah, the first one was terrible. And, yeah. you know, uh, minor, minor, minor spoilers, but we like Wish Upon more, and Wish Upon is a giant, giant piece of shit. But it is <laughs> yeah. a beautiful giant piece of shit. It is it's, a, it's, it's unrelentingly a piece of shit, but it's great. Wish Upon is, 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 is phenomenal. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, fear. But yeah. Fear. All right. So, uh, yeah, that was this episode of Gooncast. It's gonna be fun getting this together with, with all of our technical shenanigans that I'm editing out because but I'm gonna mention anyway, just, just so the viewers know. It's not just you. There's been a okay. lot of there's been a lot of technical shenanigans. You know how many oh, yeah. times I've had to mute the fucking mic because my puppy has been trying to fucking bite my headphone cable? Oh my god, adorable. Hey, we, we, we shamelessly released the Black Lodge episode. People who listen to this podcast know what kind of bullshit goes on behind the scenes. Right? It's, it's true. And it's it true. was great to be honest. Oh, and, and also, yeah. that's something I, I should bring up too, is even though he's credited, the, the, the two raps uh, we have were, were yeah. composed by, by Ghoul Guts here, Mike, and, oh, yeah. and, oh, and Mummy Dust. And MC Mummy Dust. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, so, Mike and I are ready to take the world by storm. We mm-hmm. all that shit we were talking about rap being bad earlier. Dude. We're gonna we're gonna take it back. Let's yeah. kill it. That's right. That's right. I I I I and I'm, I'm making this this clear right now so the world knows. Um, I want to wish upon rap. <gasps> oh right. oh well, yes. you got yes. it, bro. You got it. <laughs> we will begin work immediately. Amazing. Pack the bowl. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so this has been Gooncast. Uh y'all wanna you want you talk about yourselves again before I Hell yeah, off? we do. Uh same order. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> All right, well I am cat attack, aka the attack cat. Uh you know, just as usual, horror aficionado, aficionado extraordinaire. Yeah. And shameless at that. And so shameless. And, and uh, needs to stream more fucking Nancy Drew. That's right, I'm calling you out. I know, I know. Listen, listen, listen. I got, I got a lot of, a lot of bad horror movies to sit through. All right. Fuck yeah, we do. Uh, this is your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. We're streaming over at twitch.tv slash Valley Jester. Uh, we're doing a replay of all the Kingdom Hearts ports on PC Ooh. and getting sidetracked a little bit with Greedfall because oh. uh, as someone who's part Native American, I can't wait to make a whole bunch of jokes about the white man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll it's great so far. Amen. <laughs> 
All right, and I have been Mike, aka Ghoul Guts. You can find me on Twitch on by uh, by typing in M Ghoul Guts. Uh, I never stream, but uh, <laughs> oh, we'll fix that. If yeah, I yeah. ever do, you can see it there. Yeah, he, he runs on uh, Ghoul Guts runs on Ghoul Guts Standard Time, where he'll tell me yeah. he's going to stream today, for example, and then he streams the like week. four weeks later. <laughs> but then we get eldritch nudes so it's yeah, all it's worth true. it yes it's true so. we do get the cosmic horror nudes yeah but yeah um, thanks Th- thanks again guys it, it was awesome and yeah. uh hell yeah absolutely great, great to have another master of horror on the show yeah uh-huh. and, okay and well. just just so you know you're you're never watching another good movie with us again it's just gonna be oh yeah yeah, this was it. Give me at least one or two, at least, you know. Negative. the alien aliens. <laughs> yeah, no, Jason X is next. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> no, no, Jason X is too good. It has to be Jason Takes Manhattan. Unfriended, the dark web. Oh, dude, I will, I will leave. I will leave the room. Uh, you can't leave, it's the dark web. There's a mystery box. <laughs> Uh, and then once again, this is, uh, James, a.k.a. Saber0307. You can also check me on Twitch at, you know, Saber0307. Uh, I'm going to be going through that Ghost Hunter course soon. There's a lot of phasmophobia on the channel, mostly because I'm a lazy shit who, uh, needs to get through his backlog and keeps putting off in favor of, uh, yelling at ghosts. Uh, yeah, so. And if you like Battle in Wonderworld. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about that uh, every, everybody have have a good night and don't watch Conjuring or Spiral and get fucked stay spoopy I wanna die fuck you discord it's the okay. black lodge still it's, it's better than skype we tried doing this on skype uh, Mike oh and it was just God. the worst Oh, oh! I've I have not been pissed off at a piece of technology so fucking hard as me trying to verify that I'm a human being on Skype. Oh god! god. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which music is the most sad? Yeah, yeah you're like, what? It, it no way. Sections of piano music and said, which one is the sad one? And like, no one way. of them was kind of up to interpretation. Oh my I, God. I, I, I was about to say, like, how does one really decide that? What's sad for uh, one might not be so sad for the yeah, other. It's a trick and question. Then, like, robots can't feel robot sad. If I think, yeah. Like, well, and then, they, so then they, they showed me a 3D model of like an animal and said, like, turn the, the image until it's standing upright. And I'm like, okay, like the first one's a chicken. All right. Okay. Made the chicken stand up. And then it sent me like a moth in right. flight. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Oh my Ridiculous. God. Oh.